2: President Biden is now just hours away from landing in Maui, nearly two weeks after those deadly and historic wildfires. His trip comes amid lingering
3: questions and frustration over the island's response to the disaster. President Biden just hours from landing here on Maui. The official death toll 114. Those on the ground here awaiting the arrival of President Biden, he has promised federal support for as long as it takes.
4: Congressional investigators have uncovered a pseudonym, complete with email address... Robert L. Peters that was used by Joe Biden when he was vice president. This is a whole new avenue of investigation, and the House Oversight Committee has demanded documents that might have overlapped and communications that might have overlapped with Hunter Biden's business in Ukraine.
5: This is obvious that Joe Biden... Abused his power as vice president for the sole purpose to protect his son, who was receiving millions and millions of dollars from this corrupt Ukrainian energy company. And this email ties Joe Biden and Hunter Biden into this corruption scheme without a shadow of a doubt. It is now 100 percent proven that the Biden crime family received more than 20 million dollars from foreign countries. While Crooked Joe was vice president and probably a lot more than that. That's just the money they found. Not one of Joe Biden's defenders has even attempted to explain what Joe and his family did, including his children and his grandchildren. What were they doing getting all of this money? I believe we have a compromised president. Randall's Island is now home to another migrant shelter site, providing housing and other resources for up to 3,000
4: asylum seekers.
2: There's a total of six tents for single and married adults at the city's new center at Field 83. The site was fully funded by New York State. Migrants, illegals to the back of the line.
6: people in foreign countries who have waited years to get in the legal way. Some of them are here today. You got to jump through hoops. You got to take tests. You have to pass certain specifications. Why do these illegal aliens get to jump the queue and jump to the top and front of the line?
3: Some It must have fallen out of a hole in your rubber over overcoat. They never said your name, but I. Great Donna
7: summer on the radio, which we are right now at 6.06, New Week Monday morning. Welcome back to Sitting Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. On the radio, Louis, Big Lou Rafino. look at him, looking like a million bucks, wearing his San Diego shirt today. It's funny he'd be wearing a San Diego Sports Arena shirt, only because literally about ten minutes ago, I texted my very first ever partner in radio. You've heard him with me, my late partner Bernard, a bunch. You've heard him with me solo even more. Scott Kaplan. We started together at CBS Sportsline circa 1998, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Then we spent uh, about a year, maybe two, doing terrestrial radio, the sports fan radio network, and Westwood One in about 70 markets across the country. And then in a radio trade Mike Levy, Mark Mariani, Ross Levinson, and Sportsline traded me and Scott in exchange, this is true, in exchange for promotions for Sportsline's fantasy products to 102.7 WNEW-FM in New York, where I started my New York career 23 years ago in 2000. But I texted Scott this morning because he lives in San Diego. And uh, they have been battered the last couple of days. I mean, battered by Hurricane Hillary. So I I texted Scott yesterday. Thank God he's okay. But the rain has been an issue. They even experienced an earthquake 5.1 magnitude in the state of California, California and Arizona, both state of emergencies. I believe it's a tropical storm now. In fact, uh, let's go. I know Loam Layden is uh, still on vacation. But Jim Flippin has been filling in admirably the last couple of days doing a great job. Jim, uh, what is the latest with Hurricane, I think it's now Tropical Storm
8: Hillary. Yeah, that's right, Tropical Storm Hillary, and we're hearing reports of mudslides, power outages there in Southern California. There's even the potential for some tornadoes Jeez. across the Southwest, but the winds are at 40 miles per hour now. Oh, that's insane.
7: We, we make it more than that here today. That's nothing. Uh, Yeah, hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes, it's all coming around, folks. Well, thank you for that, Jim. So Scott may join us coming up live from San Diego, 9.30 this morning, which is, of course, 6.30 his time. But the reason why we started with On the Radio today is I woke up yesterday, like every other Sunday, and looking forward to spending time on my roof deck, getting some sun, working out with Danielle, spending time with the family uh, Ava had two friends over. KB had a friend over. And I didn't realize this until I hopped on social media, but yesterday was National Radio Day. I heard that. You did hear that? I
9: did hear that.
7: Where did you hear that? I
9: heard it on the Met game, I think. The Met game? Yeah, I think Gary might have mentioned it. Gary Cohen. Or or it was uh, whoever was working with Michael Kay in the Yankee game. It might have been uh, Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill. Said you should be you should be into this, Michael. It's radio day. Well, that tonight. makes
7: more sense because Gary, as far as I know, does TV for SNY and that's it. Michael still hosts a radio show afternoons see. here in New York on ESPN.
9: Duh.
7: So it would make more sense if it was the Yangs. But okay. yeah. I didn't see those guys. I saw um, Jim Kerr, who is one of the greatest rock and roll morning DJs in the history of the business. Anyone who argues that is an idiot. In fact, the first person, well, actually it was the second, the first person that I spoke to on social media is a well-known, kind of legendary Florida morning radio host by the name of Jeff DeForest. They call him Depot. And I worked with Depot on and off for many years during my 11-year stint down in South Florida. But after Depot, the second person I spoke to was Jim Kerr. And, in fact, Jim Kerr, Hall of Fame Jim Kerr. This is unbelievable. He uh, is considering stepping aside from his live morning show he's on right now. He starts 5.30 every morning on Q104.3. He's going to step away at 6.45 and call in to me. Cool. Yeah. It'll be the second time, of course. So I spoke to Jim Kerr. Then I saw guys like Glenn Shuck. I like Glenn a lot. He's a ten ten 10 wins guy. Uh, Montone, John Montone, ten ten wins guy. Few other people, you know. Then, then you see these people; it's hilarious. They did like one show in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, and they start naming all the people they know, which they don't really know. And they're like, "Happy National Radio Day to all my friends!" And I've never heard of these people. <laughs> well, I
9: don't know; it's fine.
7: I guess everybody wants to be a part of the party, you know.
9: How do they pick the? How do they pick yesterday to be the day?
7: Very interesting. Okay. Why would August the twentieth be National Radio Day? And the only person. It's a great question on a Sunday. The only person that provided the explanation for it was Jim Kerr. Of course. And that's why he's coming on at 645 to explain why every year on August the 20th, I'll give you one hint, it goes back to Detroit, Michigan.
9: Okay. All right. Detroit,
7: Michigan. Yes. Professor? Uh, We'll talk to uh, Jimmy Kerr coming up at 645, but for the folks out there listening who are in the business, and you all do listen, even guys from WOR, all of you listen, WFAN, all of you listen. You're not fooling me. You're not (laughs) fooling me. Stop it. Happy National Radio Day. (laughs) Yeah. So Curtis is going to join me, as he does every weekday morning, coming up at 7.05. I put a really nice picture on my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Also Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. I don't tweet much these days. So those are the only two I usually use, Instagram and Facebook. Put up a real nice picture this morning of me and Curtis. And my man did it again. Got arrested for the 78th time Thursday night. That was in Queens, and yesterday on Staten Island, my man made it number 79. And I've had a couple of people on my social media say, I want to throw the party. I want to be the guy. One guy said, I'll supply the seafood. I want to be the guy to celebrate 100 arrests. So Curtis is still 21 arrests away, and. <laughs> You know, life is basically day-to-day for Curtis, let alone. Yeah. So we'll see if he can get 21 more to get to 100. But uh, proud 79. And look, Scott Lobato got arrested, too. Scott's been on the show a bunch of times. He's an artist, a great patriot as well. He actually was carrying around, I think, a picture. I'm not sure about this. So I'll get the confirmation. But at least, I believe a picture of uh, Eric Adams with a severed head of uh, the Statue of Liberty. In fact, we'll go back to Jim Flippin'. Jim, is that true?
8: Yeah, I saw the banner that they had. It was a a massive banner. They even had to put like the little air holes in it just so it wouldn't rip because that's how big it was. And it had a big picture of Adams and his left arm is holding up Lady Liberty's severed, you know, bloody head. Oh, my God. That reminds
7: me of uh, Kathy Griffin did that to Donald Trump many years ago. But uh, look, I I agree with these guys. And I put it on my Instagram and Facebook this morning. I don't care what this country was built upon. I don't care. That was a long time ago, 200-plus years ago. It's like for people that complained in baseball, I know it seems like an odd comparison here, but I remember the real traditionalists in baseball were upset about the wild card. And I said to them, listen, things change. Not everything stays the same. It just doesn't. Things evolve. They change. We've changed. We don't have the money. We don't have the space. We don't have the stomach. We don't want these people, okay? I'm going to say it. You want to call me a prick? You want to call me insensitive? You want to call me a bad guy? Good. Do it. I don't want illegals here. I don't want them. Don't want them. Sick of it. Randall's Island. I'm sick of hearing all the prospects. So when Curtis goes out there now twice a week and gets arrested... I called Curtis a hero this morning, just like I called Daniel Penny a hero from day one when he accidentally killed Jordan Neely on the subway. It doesn't change the fact he was a hero. Curtis Sliwa is a hero because while a lot of us yesterday were at the beach, and we should be, we should be, hanging out with our family, Curtis is lucky. I mean, Nancy's a terrific lady and a great wife, but he's got nothing going on. Let's face it. So, <laughs> let's, I mean, come on. So he can get arrested every day. It doesn't
9: matter. What do you think they do when he comes into the precinct again? Do I'm going to ask him that. Do they shout his name? Like I'm going to ask him that. Like, no, I'm i I like, thought about that yesterday. Like, like he's like, coming into cheers? Yes. Like Norm? I think he does. Uh, Curtis, your uh, your closet's over there. And the, but, uh, yeah, Curtis, right. we
7: love you and Sid. We love yeah. you and Sid. Because you know when cops arrest somebody, it's usually not a nice experience. Somebody tells me these cops are bans. And course. they agree with Curtis. Sure. <laughs> Well, the mayor is on his way to Israel. Now, I believe he canceled the trip to Martha's Vineyard for the wedding. And you ready for this? Black fundraisers. You heard me right, folks. Black fundraisers. I believe he canceled that, but he's on his way to Israel. I put a call into Dove Hyken to find out if Dove is happy about that. I guess to fight, uh, to find out how to fight anti-Semitism wants to learn about Israeli technology, perfect time to go. Couldn't think of a better time to go to Israel when New York is literally crumbling. Have a good time. So when I put Curtis for mayor, it's not because I can't stand Eric Adams. It's because he's lost. (laughs) He's lost. So here's Curtis out there yesterday. I think it was called the Midland Beach residence, bunch of uh, old folks out there on Staten Island being displaced by these migrants and uh, curtis said the right thing hey folks just do it the right way lewis curtis slewa cut number five
6: migrants illegals to the back of the line there are people in foreign countries who have waited years to get in the legal way some of them are here today you gotta jump through hoops you gotta take tests you have to pass certain specifications Why do these illegal aliens get to jump the queue and jump to the top and front of the line?
7: And what I've learned over the last couple of weeks is, again, anecdotally, I like to use that word, but it's true. Because I speak to Republicans and Democrats, admittedly more Republicans, but I do speak to some Democrats. And there are more and more Democrats who agree with Curtis and Sid. Because Democrats, like Republicans, want their freedoms, want opportunity, like their stuff, like to be safe, love their children. They do. And all of these freedoms are in question now. Because there's lots of folks coming into our country, unvetted, unvetted, living amongst us. So both Republicans and Democrats run happy. Curtis makes that point right here, Lewis, in cut number six.
6: Today, this is a not Republican versus Democrat versus Independent. We're joined together at the hip in solidarity. It's us and we, not I and me. It's Americans versus those who would destroy the America that we know. And today, I want you to join me in an act of civil disobedience. When I finish we're going to block this street.
10: You line up
6: behind me, Scott Lobato, and the others who know what civil disobedience is. We need to lead and everybody else should follow. They want to take Fort
7: Wadsworth. They want to take Fort Wadsworth. I mean,
9: you can't be happy about that, Lewis. I'm not happy You spend anything. a lot of time at Fort Wadsworth, don't you? Yes, I have uh, a couple of cottages and yeah. um, a, ch- a chalet, <laughs> yeah. something. You spend no time at all there, do you? No. So CBS came out with a brand-new
7: poll this morning. We'll wrap up this uh, first terrific segment with this. CBS came out with a brand-new poll this morning, the latest on the GOP race. Uh, as we get ready for a big night, just two nights away now, the first GOP debate coming up Wednesday night. Very exciting stuff. Still no idea whether Donald Trump will participate or not. His daughter-in-law, Lara Trump, will join me coming up live at 8.50 this morning. Maybe she's got some insight. Probably not. But We'll find out either way. But the latest CBS News poll has Vivek Ramaswamy in third place Uh-oh. with a whopping 7%. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in second place. With 16 percent, are they ready for this? Four indictments later. Donald Trump, 62 percent. CBS, hardly a friend of the GOP. CBS, hardly a friend of Donald Trump. Their latest poll out this morning has Donald Trump leading Ryan DeSantis by 46 Points, and that's why Bo Deedle and Peter King and all these people, what has come around now. Enough with this, the, the DeSantis nonsense. Trump needs to be nice to him, unite as a party, stop it. Trump needs to win two races to be president. It starts with the primary, like he did back in 2016, but he had to beat 16 very worthy Republicans and he took them all out. If you don't win the primary, you can't win the presidency. So while some of you are worried about his electability, blah, blah, blah. God, I'm sick of that, too. If you don't win the primary, you can't win. You can't run. He's up by 46 points. No one is impressed with Ron DeSantis. No one. That's just a fact. All right, big show coming up today. Curtis Slewa once again, coming up at 7.05. Fresh off, arrest number 79 on Staten Island yesterday. Coming up at 7.40. I watched this guy. On Fox News, yesterday morning he was terrific, the editor of the National Review. Our good friend, which, Larry, 8.50, as I said, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, a regular on this show now, Larry Trump. And then at 9.10, we will talk to Mark Melanaro, who, of course, uh, is a rep for the 19th Congressional District. He wants to talk about the migrant crisis as well. Ran for governor a couple of years ago. Mark Melanaro back on Sid and Friends in the Morning. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Winding down the summer, new week, new Monday morning. We're happy you're here. Keep it right here. Sitting and Friends in the Morning.
1: talk radio 77 wabc this is sit in friends in the morning 77 wabc
7: Genius, that is Lou Rufino, like a hurricane. Hurricane Hillary, now a tropical storm. The great Neil Young, 628 on your Monday morning. I'm sure Jim Curl loves that song, and Jimmy's set to join us coming up at 645. Well, the hurricane is a big story today. The wildfires in Maui remains a story, big story. I believe the death toll now at 114, but it's it's almost silly at this point to keep updating that on a daily basis because there's still 800 missing. And, you know, it sounds morbid, sad, but the truth is this death toll is going to exceed 500, I believe, and be closer to 1,000. So we went from 36 to 89. Today it's 114. But uh, Jim Flippen, once again, doing a great job billing it for Noam Layton. In our
8: newsroom, he's got the latest on the Maui story. Jimmy, what's that? Yeah, so basically, Sid, what we're looking at here is continuing uh, search and recovery efforts involving cadaver dogs and, and rescue workers. There's heavy rain expected in Maui later this week. So, you know, the, the ash and human remains that they're talking about trying to recover here, it's not like you can actually go and find a body to recover. It's, you know, human remains they want to do DNA testing on. So they've searched around 85% of the burned out area. Upwards of a thousand people officially remain missing. They're hopeful. The FEMA director has basically said, you know, maybe there's people that are in these shelters and makeshift areas where people are staying right now after their homes were destroyed. They're just hoping against hope that some of these people they're looking for are in these shelters, Jeez. basically. Yeah. Um. President Biden and his wife, Jill Biden, they're supposed to go there today. The FEMA yes. director, they're yes. uh, going to be there as well. Yeah. And you know, look, from what you're hearing. One of the biggest sources of controversy on the ground there is whether or not they should have used these sirens while the fire was raging. Why
7: didn't they? Why didn't they warn people with the sirens, all these people with their conspiracy theories and controversies, of which I don't subscribe to, but I did bring up the Tulsi Gabbard
8: because you have to. Why didn't they sound those alarms? The official response is that they're used for tsunami alerts. And they were worried that people were going to basically say, "Uh uh-oh, time to get to higher ground and go towards where the flames were Raging. Now, I watched an interview over the weekend where a journalist who's been covering this closely said, look, if the people had been on the ground in Lahaina, they would have known that was not going to be a possibility because it was such an intense inferno with so much smoke. Nobody was going to be running towards the flames. People ended up hopping in the water to try to get away from this. Yes. So, yeah, now basically uh, Governor Josh Green is saying, yeah, he wishes those sirens had been sounded. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Great job,
7: Jim. Thank you so much. Excellent work, Jim Flippin. He also mentioned, yes, FEMA, Joe and Joe Biden, the president, on their way to Hawaii today. And another weekend, another opportunity for a man, Donald Trump, to rip Joe Biden to shreds. All of it deserved He did it. Uh, This time it was uh, on his website, Truth Social, did a video. We got a bunch of those cuts. Let's uh, start with this. Again, the story's still out there, that Joe Biden and his family, upwards of $20 million from foreign countries, not Hunter Joe, was, well, Hunter too, but Joe received a lot of that money. Here is uh, Donald Trump in uh, his Truth Social video talking about Biden has ruined the integrity of the DOJ.
5: Lewis, cut number one. Now the corrupt Biden DOJ is continuing the cover-up with the appointment of a special counsel to block further investigation. It's the very same U.S. attorney who cut Hunter Biden the scandalous plea deal that was such a scam it didn't survive the barest scrutiny in court. It was done under what's called blue slip. It wasn't picked in that position by President Trump. It was picked by the Democrat senators in the state. It's called a blue slip. You'll check it out. But they picked him. I didn't pick him. This is corruption like our country has never seen before. That is why as soon as I am reelected, I will appoint a real special counsel, or maybe you'll call it a special prosecutor, whatever you want to call it, you can, to look at all of these bribes, kickbacks and other crimes, as well as the shameless attempt at a cover up. Justice will be done. The Biden crime family will be looked at. We have to get there first. We have to win the election. They're trying to step in my way at every path because the one person they don't want to run is Donald Trump. But when we get there, the Biden crime family will pay a price like other people are being forced to pay. And that price will be very, very substantial. It'll be fair. But you know what? If they're guilty, they're going to be guilty. What they are doing to justice in this country has never even been thought of before. Thank you very much. And
7: how many times have I said to Peter King, Ralph Napolita- uh, Andrew Napolitano, excuse me, Bill O'Reilly, Gordon Chang, all this money that Joe Biden so freely sends to Zelensky? It's enough, folks. I'm sorry. I don't care what the opposition says. This is perverse at this point. It is way too much. Zelensky texts. Money comes, sometimes twice as much, three times as much as Zelensky even asked for. And I've asked the question time and time again, going back to that company Burisma and all the monies the Biden's got from that, isn't it possible this president is compromised? Lewis, how many times have I said that over the last couple of months I keep asking the same question. Is part of the reason why we so freely give this money to Zelensky. It's not about Putin taking over the world, you dumb bastards. Stop with that. Isn't it possible this guy's compromised? <laughs> why? And no one answers me. No one, well, maybe, I don't know, you know, Putin or Putin. Well, Donald Trump brought it up yesterday. He talked about a compromised president. In the same video, Lewis, Donald Trump, cut number three.
5: It is now 100% proven that the Biden crime family received more than $20 million from foreign countries while Crooked Joe was vice president, and probably a lot more than that. That's just the money they found. Not one of Joe Biden's defenders has even attempted to explain what Joe and his family did, including his children and his grandchildren. What were they doing getting all of this money? I believe we have a compromised president he was bribed, and now he's being blackmailed. He's a Manchurian candidate.
7: I believe Trump is right. I've said it time and time again. Of course, we will see. All right, Jim Kerr, Hall of Fame rock and roll DJ, day after National Radio Day, set to join us next. That is a big thrill, folks, a big thrill. Also, a first look at traffic with Joan Dolan. I did watch the Jets and the Buccaneers this weekend, and there is huge news from the Jets, you know, We were told time and time again that the first time you were going to see Aaron Rodgers in a game was going to be week one, three weeks from tonight. Three weeks from tonight, the Jets will host the Buffalo Bills on 9-11 week one. Turns out not true. The Jets close out their preseason in their annual game against the Giants next Saturday, And Aaron Rodgers will play. So Aaron will play in the preseason. It's coming up on Saturday against the Giants. We'll get to Joe Nolan. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to my man, John Katzmatidis. That's my guy. love him. Katz Roundtable with John. That's where common sense prevails. Always tells both sides of the story. It's every Sunday morning starting at 8. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. I compel you folks I urge you folks, download the 77 WABC app. If you don't love it, I'll apologize. You're going to love it. Here John talks with Joe Manchin.
9: Uh, Senator D'Amato, where do you want to start? Uh, no, this not, not this D'Amato. Joe Manchin is clip number one. Yes, he mislabeled them. Okay. He mislabeled them, and the other cut is 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. so, so play play the D'Amato.
7: That's yes. fine.
0: Incredible. Incredible. You know, former President uh, John F. Kennedy... Now, he took responsibility after the Bay of Pigs fiasco, and, and he, he said, a famous quote, and he said, success has a hundred fathers, but failure is an orphan. Joe Biden's immigration policy, it's a failure.
1: This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC.
13: Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers out in the Bronx. Things actually managed to get worse for the Yankees over the weekend, getting swept by the rival Boston Red Sox after losing 6-5 in yesterday's finale. A Justin Turner ninth inning go-ahead double after an overturned call at the plate in the eighth inning were the deciding factors in the latest loss for the Yanks, who are now the owners of an eight-game losing streak, the extent of which hasn't been seen in Bronx in 28 years and um, <laughs> manager Aaron Boone after the game man you, I mean this sound is actually incredible do we have that clip ready to go look this is uh manager Aaron Boone after the game and with that quote-unquote one day at a time mentality
4: He always got a chance um, we're in a big hole though you know so uh, you know but you can't even get big picture about it you just gotta tackle the next day I mean, right. that's what we're in right now where we're you know really scuffling and it's it's one step at a time. Like that's
7: that's so far out there. We gotta go up, on a run. God, shut up! You I know, mean, there's no way that the GM Brian Cashman and the manager Aaron Boone survive this. There's I'm no sorry. There's no way. It's one thing if the Yankees played a season. they were 20 over 500, second place. Maybe lost a wild card game. They're in dead last, playing sub 500 baseball. Mired in an eight game losing streak. Yeah. And I know it's not them striking out. I know it's not them like Clay Holmes giving up runs in the ninth inning. But I'm sorry, these guys don't survive this. No. If they do, George Steinbrenner rolling over in his grave. His son Hal needs to grow a set of balls. Yeah. Let's go, Hal.
13: Yeah. Yeah, and your point echoed honestly uh, last week by the great Mike Francesa. He does say it's not Aaron Boone's fault necessarily,
7: but if somebody's got to go, somebody's it's gotta, got. It's never know. the manager's fault. The right. manager accounts for maybe six or seven wins a year. People who go crazy on Facebook, Boone calls it's another game. They're stupid. That's why sports talk radio, for the most part, is stupid. <laughs> But, you know, someone's gotta pay the price. You can't pay out that money and lose every game. You just can't do it.
13: I, I totally agree. They now sit at 60 and 64 overall in a nine back of Seattle for the Yale's last wild card spot. That's not the division. That's the wild card race. After an off day today, they'll welcome the Washington Nationals into the Bronx for a three game set starting tomorrow night. As for the Mets, 7-3 loss in yesterday's series finale against the Cardinals. Sour to weekend where they took three of four from St. Louis. The Mets came back down to earth. P. Alonso did not though hammering his 39th home run of the season in the fourth inning to give New York a brief lead, not much else coming out of the bats as the Mets will take the loss into a three-game set with the Braves set to begin tomorrow night in Atlanta following an off to today and uh preseason football over the weekend the Giants beat the Carolina Panthers at MetLife on Friday night by a score of 21 to 9 and on Saturday night the Jets fell 13 to 6 to the visiting Tampa Bay Buccaneers and as you just heard Sydney just report you will see Aaron Rodgers in the final uh, preseason matchup against the Giants coming up in a couple of weeks and that's sports sponsored by Pete Morgan Peelers Spoilers go to apalachspoilers.com buildingentacles.com to find a dealer near you They're the world's best boilers and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 W.A.B.C.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
10: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Your happy Price, Priceline.
1: Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
7: So I did mention that yesterday was National Radio Day, which I didn't know until I saw Jim Curry's post. You know, I always complain about the dearth of talent left in radio today. A lot of the greats are gone. And people get angry when I say that. I don't care. It's a fact, you know. There's a couple of guys left in New York especially that are really great, that are all-time greats. And Jim Kerr, Hall of Fame rock and roll DJ every morning at Q104.3, happens to be one of those guys. He's also a sweetheart. And I'm proud to call him a friend, so he's doing his show right now, but he's, he's taking a break, if you will, to call into me, which is an honor. Here he is, Hall of Fame DJ, the great Jim Kerr. Jimmy, good morning. How are you, buddy?
14: I'm doing fine, thank you, and I hope you had a nice weekend, and good morning to you, Sid, and to all of Sid's friends who are listening this morning.
7: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I had a beautiful weekend. I know you did, too. I saw some some great pictures. So what long song are you playing right now on Q104
14: to get through this conversation? right now we've got Don't Stop by Journey, which is four minutes long. Oh, I
7: love that. Great. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Don't Stop by Journey. Let's get to it. Uh, All these DJs and talk show hosts like me all over Facebook and Instagram yesterday, Jim, and... Nobody seemed to know why August 20th was actually National Radio Day, except for you. What is the story behind that?
14: Well, August 20th, 1920, WWJ in Detroit began regularly scheduled programming the first radio station on the North American continent. To do so, it was known at the time as 8MK. Now, KDKA in Pittsburgh, they also make a claim to being first but they started programming in November of 1920 when they uh, went on the air with the election returns and their original call letters were 8XK. So now WWJ and KDKA are owned by the same company, so I don't know how they straighten out that mess because (laughs) under separate ownership for decade after decade after decade, they were battling as to who was first, but it's pretty much been determined that August 20th, 1920, 103 years ago yesterday, is when commercial radio broadcasting began in the United States. And it's been so important, Sid, as you know, because radio is not only an information source and an entertainment source and an education source and a cultural source, but it's also a source of companionship and friendship. And that makes it completely unique because people make the radio really a part of their lives in a way that's not possible with some computer algorithm uh, on some, you know, service that they subscribe to. Mm -hmm. You know, simply put, Spotify can't be your friend. Sid can be your friend. I can be your friend. Pandora can't be your friend.
7: No. And I'll take it a step further because I do a TV show now. I'm in Gravesend on Amazon Prime. I'm in a brand new movie, Inside Man. On
14: Amazon Prime. Well, I saw the pic, I saw the picture of you going nuts over the credits. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah, saw them, I did go nuts. Your name mad. on the credits for that movie.
7: That's a big deal for me. But, but again, uh, as, as fun as that is and it's cool to see your name in the credits, you just said it. There is nothing like the intimacy of radio. I would never give up this job in a million. First of all, the pay's too good, but the intimacy of radio is like no other. What do you think then, Jim? I know you're on an FM dial, Q104.3, but what do you think about the future of AM radio?
14: I think the future of AM radio, which people have been bashing for the longest time, I think the future of AM radio can be bright if the industry gets behind it because AM radio has signal strength that other forms of media don't have in in the event of an emergency, AM radio can be picked up over uh, you know huge geographic areas and can be really, really important if uh, everything else goes down, which it tends to do. You know, Sandy wasn't that long ago. Say goodbye to the Internet. Say goodbye to cell phones. Say goodbye to TV. Your battery-operated radio, that was there. That was the lifeline, and it will continue to, to be so.
7: All right, probably a minute left on your uh, journey songs. Let's get to the very end of this. How do you feel about the future of radio in general, whether it's FM stations like yours, rock and roll, just the future of radio with all these other ways to get information, as you mentioned earlier well, in this conversation? Well,
14: well, let's well let's look at the present. I mean, all you know, there there are so many different ways that people can get information these days. Yet. According to Nielsen, 93% of the population of the United States continues to listen to radio. That beats any other medium by far, more than television, more than the Internet. 93% of the population of the United States listens to radio. And now I've got 30 seconds, so I've got to go. (laughs) Jim Carr, I love you. Thank
7: you so much. I really love you. Thank you.
14: Okay, happy National Radio Day. One day late to you, Sid. You too.
7: There he is, the great Jim Kerr. That is so sweet of him to do that. He picked a long journey song. Don't stop believing. Now he goes back. Now to he's got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
9: That's but, yeah. from the album Escape, Journey, of course. If you could remember back to the last Sopranos episode, that's one of the great times we heard Journey. He may say that. And, you know, it's interesting because he talked about those two
7: stations being 103 years old. And as we get set to celebrate cousin Bruce Morrow, a very deserved celebration coming up September the 7th, this station... Not far behind. Not Cousin. Cousin Brucey's not going to be 103. Close. But this station is like one or two years behind. I think we're at 102 now.
9: So we were kind of right there at the very beginning. WABC, Yes. Hey, baby. Oh, Saw so, Cousin Brucey. I watched uh, Dirty Dancing over the Oh, we, you did? Yeah. And uh, now he's, I remember seeing the magic act. That's now, great. That is great. And he's cutting uh, Jennifer Grey. And, That's yeah.
7: exactly right. Yes. yes. Well,
9: I hope this works out for you down there. How's it going? I hope is as good as, for you as was for me.
7: Uh, he's one of the, he, you know, you talk about Jim Kirby, one of the all-time greats, cousin Bruce Morrow, certainly. Legend. Yes, legend. That's the
9: best way to put it. We'll
7: take a short break. Lots more to do. Great guests, including fresh off arrest number 79, Curtis Slewa set to join me in about 15 minutes. Keep it right here. sitting friends in the morning.
1: Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC.
7: Skilly Dan, as we wrap up hour number one of today's show. What a great song. Well, Skilly Dan, that goes out to you, Jim Kerr. Big weekend for my daughter, Ava. She had her, uh, one of her uh, really her best friend from high school, Penelope. Penelope leaving tomorrow. She goes to Northeastern University in Boston, grade school. And Penelope's boyfriend, Dean, also goes to Northeastern. So they stayed over on Saturday night. We had a really nice dinner. Danielle made tacos and s'mores and corn. It was a great time. And then yesterday, Ava, Penelope, and Dean went down, you are like this, Lewis, to the New York Surf School, which is on 69th and Rockaway Beach, my buddy Frank. And for about two hours, the three of them surfed on a gorgeous, sunny Sunday. I know their uh, coach was Nikita Zametka, but uh, thanks to Frank, uh, they did the same thing last summer. Last summer, it was Ava and Danielle Yesterday, Ava, Penelope, and Dean surfing, and Frank is like, Sid, when are you coming? And I gave him a very, very understandable answer. Never. No. Never. <laughs> yeah. Ain't going to happen. Not, not, uh, not ever. I,
9: not I ever. Can't even envision it,
7: yeah. actually. I when even you... asked Gabe. I'm like, Gabe, you want to go surfing with your sister? He's like, no. So it's a woman thing in my family, but um, they do a great job down there. God That's bless. Cool. Yeah,
9: I've passed that place. It's nice. Have you ever right. start before? Never. Never? Never any, any desire to? Let's see. No. No. Okay. Nope. Yeah. No. You'd
7: rather just sit there, drink beer, and watch other people do it.
9: Well, let's see. Uh, yeah. It's a tough call. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
7: I it's kind of like, like golf. The amount
13: of money it takes to get good at it isn't, isn't right. even close to right. worth
7: it. Right. Well, I'll tell you what's fun is going to the gym on a Saturday or Sunday, the YMCA, which is like three blocks... From Lewis's apartment, and passing by the 77 WABC van, so I know exactly when Lewis home and when he's not. That van doesn't move all weekend.
9: Would I mean, you go anywhere ever? Yes, we have another car too, by the oh, way. Okay. <laughs> unless you'd like, unless you, unless you'd like to go through my garbage and find out what my bank statements look like. Uh, anything, like else need to know, right. anything else?
7: you a bit of a stalker. Anything else?
9: Lewis paid 450 for those. Is he nuts? <laughs> To hit him on Monday?
7: That wraps up hour number one. Again, thank you to Hall of Fame DJ who called in live during his own show on Q104.3 Jim Kerr. Big 7 o'clock hour coming up with Curtis Slewa and Rich Lowry. Keep it right here. Hour number two coming up next.
1: 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. what you say? He's just a friend. Oh, you're my
10: best friend.
1: 77 WABC. Oy.
7: Sid Rosenberg getting some rest on a Sunday. Good luck. (laughs) Between all the guys reaching out to me to wish me a happy National Radio Day. And again, I I can't thank Jim Curran enough. This is a Hall of Fame rock and roll DJ. Far and away the best in the industry now. Who's in the middle of his own show. He had to play a five-minute long journey song just to come on with me. So between getting calls on that and then just a thousand calls. And it went like this. Your friend got arrested again. And when they say that, it could only be one guy because at this point he's become one of my dearest friends and he gets arrested almost every day. So uh, I always respond with, Curtis, and because uh, I'd forgotten he was on Staten Island. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, the man's an uping hero. Go to my Instagram page today, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Put a nice picture of me and Curtis. It's about uh, three years old, that picture. But, uh, yeah, he did get arrested again, second time in a week, 79th time overall, speaking for us New Yorkers. And I say this with zest, enthusiasm, and all heart. We don't want illegals here. It's not, you know, let's find a place to put them. We don't want them. And the only guy with balls in this city who's willing to go out there, whether it's Queens last week or Staten Island, speak for all of us, And end up, again, getting arrested twice in one week is Curtis. So when you hear people say, Curtis for mayor, I'm sorry. That's exactly how I feel. That's how I ended my Instagram post this morning. He gets big ratings noon to 1 every weekday afternoon. Big ratings overnight all weekend long. Arguably does his best work with me every weekday about now on this show. Here he is, and I mean this, icon, legend, New York hero, the great Curtis Lewa. Wow, Sid, what
6: a post. What a post on your Instagram. And once again, when I was before thousands of people in Midland Beach yesterday with the great political artist Scott Labato, what a great artistic work he put up.
7: It was very similar to what Kathy Griffin did years ago with the severed Donald Trump head. Tell the listeners what Scott Labato, who also got arrested next to you, yes. what he had yesterday. Uh, he had the picture of
6: a smiling... Uh, Eric Adams, who's always smiling at us, you know, like, screw you, crackers. Uh, And he had a shirt on that says, I hate New York. And then he had the severed head of the Statue of Liberty in his hands. And it was so appropriate because time and time again, he keeps referring to people when they they dispute his analysis of who these people are that he's welcomed in. You know, that they're, they're immigrants just like you. Uh, you have an accent. No, no. They went through Ellis Island. They had to be vetted. Some of them were turned back. Some of them were sent back to their country of origin. That happened in my family. The Bianchino side, my mother's side, Francesca's side, she told the story of how my uncle Leonard, was diagnosed with a mastoid ear infection on Ellis Island, was sent to Bay Street in Staten Island. That's where they kept him to see maybe we can uh, recover them medically. He couldn't. They shipped him back to Bari Italy, no questions. They separated him from the family. And the family understood that. It said, we have to continue on in this mission to come to America. It's taken us so many years to do it legally with a sponsor. Our sponsor had to be there to meet you. And vouch and swear that if you would incur any expenses, whatever they were, food, clothing, shelter, get into trouble, any of that, that sponsor was going to be held culpable by the citizens of the United States of America. So that sponsor knew he or she was putting everything on the line. And that's the way it was until Ellis Island was closed in 1954, the year of my birth. And he keeps referring to that. This guy does not know history at all. Not at all. He's really
7: not bright. He's really not bright. I I, I don't know that to be true yet, but uh, certainly in this migrant situation, he does not come off as a Mensa. And I have to tell you that uh, I was looking for a 9 o'clock cast yesterday afternoon. And Justin uh actually recommended uh, Governor David Patterson. Now you know how much I like the guy. I love him. Went to the Met game just a week ago. Me, Governor Patterson, my dear friend uh Anthony. Uh, Can you explain uh, one thing
6: to me? You're yeah. sitting there with your hot tub friend Anthony yeah. Corona. He was
7: in the hot tub this weekend with Tony Ann.
6: I'll bet. Yeah. And I bet the you were light. ready to jump in without yeah. any skivvies on. Yeah. Uh How the hell does he know what's going on in the baseball game?
7: He can't see. He's sight-challenged. He can, though. That's the whole point. He has binoculars, and he can see just enough. So it was me, Kantrowitz, Carone, and Patterson. We had a great time, and I brought him on the next day. Yes. And he was making excuses for Adams. So when yesterday, I guess he was on with Cats. He's on every Sunday. And for some reason, every time Patterson is on with Cats, and I love John, it ends up in the post. I don't know why. It's not that earth-shattering. Trust me. So uh, Mr. Uh, Alex, he's in the post, he goes, why not bring Patterson on? I said, well, I'm going to tell you why. If he's going to make excuses for Eric Adams, I don't want him. We can discuss anything else, anything else. But if you're going to make excuses for the mayor in this migrant crisis, I don't want you. You So I didn't take
6: him. This is what they're constantly saying. All of his apologies. He's trying. He's trying. Shut up. Shut what do up. you mean? It's almost two years. Yeah, he's trying. Well, by the yeah. way, God talks to him. I guess God hasn't helped him out. <laughs> I guess out. not. He's Gandhi like By nice. the way, he's gone to Israel, abandoned ship. He doesn't realize. He keeps saying, I'm the, I'm Mayor Gandhi. Gandhi was opposed to the state of Israel. He wanted all the Jews to be sent back to the countries where in some instances they were put in the ovens. He was completely opposed to the state of Israel. I hope some of those Jewish here reporters, and you know they're fierce; they get right in your face. Oh, you're Mayor Gandhi, and you come to Israel. Do you realize that Gandhi did know. not want? He, and then he doesn't even know. And then, right, he says, "I'm just like Gandhi." Hey, Gandhi was wearing diapers and a <laughs>
7: shmata. You wear five thousand dollar customized suits. <laughs> now, before he was going to Israel, though, he was supposed to be at Martha's Vineyard on Saturday for this fakota wedding. And ready for this? Black fundraiser, not fundraiser. Black fundraiser. That didn't happen, Curtis. Why not?
6: Uh, Ah, Why don't you ask your very dear friend, Todd Shapiro, who also hangs out in Martha's Vineyard, although his complexion is not his protection there, on what they call Black August of Martha's Vineyard. They couldn't get enough people to show up. It was going to be embarrassing because there were some reporters on the island, especially wanting to ask Eric Adams, do you realize that Martha's Vineyard was the place where DeSantis said sent the illegal Venezuelans in the Lear Jets, and there was Larry David, and they were all out there. We love you. This is the greatest moment of my life. And then at the end of the day, Larry David came up to them. Hey, you, get on the bus, the coach bus. Get the hell out of here. Out. Go to Nantucket. <laughs> yeah. Go over the bridge to Rhode Island. We never want to see <laughs> yeah. you again. Those fake, phony, fraudulent, forgacy well, well, hypocrites. But well, before
7: he did that, he started a fight with my friend Alan Dershowitz, a very famous fight between... Larry, David, and Dershowitz. So the the biggest question I got yesterday was not why was Curtis there. You were there for a very honorable reason. Uh, The biggest question was when Curtis Sliwa gets arrested, and again, it's been twice in one week, 79 times overall. But I mean these last two arrests, I have a feeling the cops love you because I love you. Yes. And cops love me. They love me. And I have a feeling the cops agree with you. Now, they're doing their job. I get it. They had that stupid loudspeaker. If you stand in the street, you're going to get arrested. They did their job. But I can't imagine they're rough with you, throwing you into the car. I feel like it's almost like, hey, Curtis, I have to do this, but I love listening to you and Sid. Does it go that way? Uh, you
6: are correct. Let me <laughs> tell you something. In the first 13 years that I had started the Guardian Angels here in New York, they were opposed to us. I got rough rides in the paddy wagon. I got wooden shampoos, concrete facials. They would get in. They would say, oh, you a tough guy. You want to see to? You want to go blows? You know, they take their gun belt yeah. off. No, us. They, they legitimately back then didn't like it. Oh, they hated me. Right. But they thought, changed. They thought I was the leader of the Hells Angels <laughs> uh, instead of the Guardian Angels. And then Rudy changed that. Rudy got a like He said, stop this nonsense. This is the best thing that ever happened in New York City. And the best thing, they don't charge us any money. It doesn't cost us any money. So now we're on the right path. But the problem that the cops have is they have to keep their body cams on. So as long as the body cam's on, they have to have that stern look. The moment we were in the precinct, the 122nd precinct, And they were filling out the paperwork, and they started to get us out of the jail cells. They turned off the body cams. Mr. Mayor, high five, (laughs) selfies. I voted for you. I'm going to vote for you again. This guy was a house mouse. They all call Eric Adams. Oh, I was a cop for 22 years. He never left the precinct. He was a house mouse. How many arrests did he make? How active was Eric Adams? Nothing. He's got nothing on his record. So the cops were in solidarity. And this one hurt the most. Because this one, they kicked out senior citizens of the long-term senior citizen housing unit there on Midland Beach. Kicked them out to the curb mm. and told them, go find your own place to live because we're bringing Terrible. in the illegal aliens. Terrible.
7: Well, this has to make you happy. This lady is set to join us live in studio on Wednesday. And it comes uh, directly from her desk. And it reads, Maliotakis calls for charges against migrant shelter protesters to be dropped. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis today released the following statement if the concerned citizens were wrongfully arrested for protesting at the site of this place uh, you're talking about. She's talking specifically to the DA Mike McMahon, but I believe he's a Democrat. Probably doesn't have much love for you. No, no, because remember,
6: uh, when he wanted to arrest Rudy Giuliani, I went up to him and I said... You move to arrest Rudy, I'll convince him to move to Staten Island and run against you. <laughs> and McMahon's hair, which is white to begin with, yeah. I mean, he just was traumatized. No one
7: runs against that guy, though. And Facello likes him, too. I know that. But how about uh, Nicole Maliotakis oh, sticking great, up for you?
6: Great. And by the way... Yesterday was a day, once again, when we do these acts of civil disobedience, because this drives home the point. This is the tactics of the left. We called it Occupy Midland Beach. We all got arrested. Civil disobedience. You notice we were arm in arm. Mali Atakas understood. We said no politicians. We don't want any politicians at the rally. Because they come, they give speeches, they disappear. Could I see that? any Anyway, that proclamation there, right? Uh, let me see. I'm looking at it all. Wow, no Joe Borelli here, no city councilman Joe Borelli. I guess he didn't sign off on this. I guess he want, <laughs> yeah, wants he me there? to stay like, no, well, we didn't want any politicians Well, But, but Dino Paselek did come, though, No, right? Oh, no, none. We Zero. said politicians stay away. If you're willing to get arrested, you can join us in solidarity. But if you're just here to give another oldie moldy speech that we've heard 50 times before, whether you're Republican or Democrat, stay away. That's why we had 4,000 outside of Creedmoor. That's why we had a few thousand in Midland Beach. And again, Sid Rosenberg, you know me, I'm always doing the litmus test. A lot of them heard it right here from Sid Rosenberg as you were promoting the rally. They said they wouldn't have known about it in Midland Beach. And... I finally have to give credit to the mama Luke, Frank Marano, who showed up. He shows up wearing what I thought was a Pink Floyd shirt, you know, promoting that world tour with all his yeah. songs. Roger Waters, all Roger that. Roger
7: Waters hates the Jews.
6: I know that, but it wasn't a Pink Floyd shor- shirt. It was an Uncle Floyd shirt. <laughs> You what a funny duddy he is, but I will tell you this. He was there though? Yes. And he gave a speech. He did. And you know him, he's always kissing took us of Democrats and Republicans. He doesn't want to offend anybody. He ripped them a new backside. No kidding. He didn't mention names, but he agreed, no politicians, it's time for this movement to take hold to get moderate Democrats, independents, and Republicans, put aside Trump Biden and all those other issues. And I've decided I am the leader of this movement because I am the mayor in exile. I am on the island of Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. This guy goes off to Israel. You know he's going to put the yarmulke on his Oh, don't hand. do that. Please. He's going to dive do in that. in front of the whaley no, no, wall, don't, don't do don't put do his that. hand on the wall. No. A little note. He's going to put a little note to Hashem. Hashem, I want to become president <laughs> of the United States so desperately. Please, Hashem. I'll I'll be Sephardic. I'll show you I had a bris. Whatever I need to do. You yeah you, you, you leave the sinking ship, you're destroying our city, and you're going to Jews in Israel for them to give you cover, because you know Jews vote for Democrats all the time, figuring, hey, their checks don't bounce, they always vote Democrat. If Hitler were a Democrat, they'd say, you know, what am I going to do in this election? I know he's a bad guy, but he's a Democrat. And guess what? We're fighting back. Next Sunday, Sid Rosenberg, 2 o'clock, Gracie Mansion. We're occupying Gracie Mansion. Sid's going to be there, hopefully all of you, and it'll be arrest number 80. Eric Adams, you fake phony fraudulent Gacy. You said, oh, I should have them at Gracie Mansion, but they won't let me do it. You're the mayor. You have no balls. You, you said you would do it, and we're going to make you do it. There's a tent in the backyard. You can house 250. This is over, Eric Adams. You're no longer going to be able to take the wrecking ball to our city. And if you're an Eric Adams, Sickle Fan Tony, and Lackey out there, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, Curtis
10: Sleeper is coming for you. Bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Bad what you gonna do, what you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do, what you gonna do when they come for you? Nobody not give me no brain.
1: This is sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative.
10: Oh, you're my best friend.
1: 77 WABC.
7: Here, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, Islands in the Stream. And uh, me and Lewis want to wish the late, great Kenny Rogers a very happy birthday today. Kenny is dead, of course, like okay. most of the people we play. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable. And if he wasn't, he would be sued. <laughs> right. How old would uh, Kenny have been today? Today,
9: yeah? he would have been 85.
7: Wow. Well, you got to play all of his uh, gay ballads I like, you know, Lady and uh, Through the Years and all that at some point. Yeah, no, so. I took
9: that into consideration.
7: You know, I uh, used to live in Sheepshead Bay. I grew up on East 22nd in Quentin, and my beautiful wife, Danielle, grew up on East 14th and N. And then we got married at the Kingsway Jewish Center, Nostrand Avenue and Kings Highway, June 25th, 1992. ninety married 31 years. And we moved to Sheepshead Bay. And the first apartment we had was right off of Butchelder, Vorries, that area. But then we moved to East 8th between U and V. And we were, you know, we actually, when you date back to Danielle and Sid, it goes back to Emmett's Avenue when she said, Bay because there was a place that everybody went to on Thursday night. Not Wheeler's, shut up at Wheeler's. I, I know, I love Wheeler's. That was the Tuesday night hangout. Mike is the owner. He's a great guy. That was Tuesday night. Thursday night was Captain Walters. Every good-looking Jew girl, Italian girl, was at Captain Walters on Thursday night, all of them. And that's where me and Danielle used to hang out. We went to college, of course, together, too, for a short time. So we were big in uh, Sheepshead Bay, and I don't know if you know this, Lewis, but right across the street from one of the most iconic and legendary restaurants in the history of Brooklyn was a place called Lundy's. Seafood restaurant, which they reopened years and years after initially closed. It was never the same. But Lundy's was huge. And uh, years and years ago, they opened up right across the street from Lundy's, Kenny Rogers Roasted Chicken. And I remember I was in the call with my father, the late great Harvey, and I said, Dad, is that the singer Kenny Rogers or the pitcher for the Mets and the Braves? I swear to God. He's like, no, it's the singer. I go, what does he know about chicken? He said, I don't know. You want to try it? I said, sure. And me and my dad went in, and it wasn't all that bad. Well, it didn't last long. It's long out of business now, long out of business. That whole area I love because not too far from there, a couple blocks away on Ocean Avenue, they actually had a beefsteak Charlie's. Love beefsteaks. So uh, so did I. So my friends and I, would, uh, Thursday nights, we got all drunk and coked up the whole thing. We would go to beefsteaks and drink all their sangria and beer and then fi- and then go out after that. It was great. You ever tried Kenny Rogers chicken?
9: No, I haven't been a gambler and tried that. <laughs> oh,
7: gambler! See
9: what you did there. You're oh, a genius. It sounds it sounds good though. I'm I'm already like thinking it would be good. It was good. No, it was well, fine. What happened to it? It's it went out of business. Oh,
7: there's right. something else there now. I don't know. Greek right? It's all Russians over there. It's Russians and uh, that's cheap. Said bay right across the street from like Manhattan Beach.
9: Oh, then it's Russian, yes. Yeah, they got they but
7: they have Italian restaurants owned by Russians, Greek restaurants owned by Russians. Inna Vernikov is in
9: charge over there, you know. That's right. Well I'm gonna speak with her. You see got
7: some it. guy last week walked up to Inna Vernikov, some stranger, and just kissed her? Wow. Yes. It's a big story. I mean big it was on the Daily News, I but gotta look that some up. creepy stranger just <laughs> kissed her. I swear to God. Pulled like a Richard Dawson on her. <laughs> you know, we eat chicken a lot these days. I I, I counted last week. Four days last week, and it's not unhealthy, I know, but four days last week, my lunch involved chicken. Cause you know what I do now? I go to Mohammed, which Curtis makes fun of, but I go to a beach bagel there on 129, and he gets me, uh, well I buy, I should say, a scooped out everything bagel. It's not cheap, by the way. It's like 12 bucks, but it's a scooped out toast, uh, everything bagel toasted. And he puts a uh, chicken cutlet and he melts mozzarella cheese. And I'm addicted to it. It's nothing new. I've had it my whole life, but for some reason, sans the marinara sauce, which would make it chicken parmesan, I can't get enough of it.
9: Oh, it sounds darn good right oh, now. Oh, Lou is
7: so good. I get a peg of like uh, really nasty salt and vinegar chips, and oh, oh god, wow. Lou!
9: Wow.
7: You know, screw the surfing. One, I swear to God, one day last week, Danielle was out with the kids. They had doctor's appointments in the city on Friday, and I actually sat at my kitchen table. <laughs> My new kitchen, having the sandwich naked, because I was so excited and loved it so
9: much. Okay, well, that finished it for me. Good. All right. No, uh, great. Super. <laughs> now which, I got that out of my head. Good. <laughs> which Lowry's coming up next? This is
1: Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
10: He took the midnight train going anywhere Just a city boy Haunting, raising softy trunks He took the midnight train going A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share the night It goes on and on and on and on
7: Strangers. Yeah, this is the song just so happens. <laughs> you got a phone call at 645 from maybe the greatest rock and roll DJ in the history of New York, and that says a lot. Scott Muni, Carol Miller, the near guys, But the guy on Q104.3 right now, a living legend, a Hall of Famer, Jim Kerr, called into this show because he loves me. Talking about yesterday being National Radio Day, and I said, Jim, what long song are you playing so you can stay on the air with us? And it was this one, Journey, Don't Stop Believing. This song also, of course, like Lewis said, brings back memories of the very last episode of The Sopranos and a guy that knows that show very well. My Brennan and car buddy Mike Sullivan checks in. Mike hangs out with Van Zant every day and used to hang out with guys like Gandolfini and Sirico every day. And he reminds me that that Kenny Rogers chicken place in Cheapside Bay was on the same block, maybe even right next door to a very famous comedy club where people like Andrew Dice Clay started, David Brenner. Joan Rivers, and it was Pips on Emmons Avenue in Sheepshead Bay. I did one night there, one amateur night on a Monday night back in the 80s, and I was awful, awful. So I've been terrified to do comedy again. I've been offered a million times, Carolines, all these places. Swear to God, swear to you. And I did it once, and it was terrible. But Mike is right. Pips was on that block. What are you laughing at, Ellick?
13: I could just picture you bombing.
7: Oh, it was like, so bad, bro. Completely bombing. <laughs> you know what? I used to say, Bernard would write these bits. He'd be great. You know, he he like the, uh, what was it called? The the father thing. The, the, the priest. What he do? What's it called again? Uh, the cardinal.
9: cardinal. The cardinal, yeah. The cardinal,
7: yeah. He, that was great. It was great. And he do other bits on Imus, and he was great. But Bernard wasn't really funny off the cuff. He was a great comedy writer, funny guy. All my comedy is off the cuff. I can't write anything. So I used to ask Bernard to write stuff for me. One night, he and I did an appearance, in fact, at, um, what is that uh, legendary place? Sucks now. It's out of business. Okay, Morano put it, it out down. of business, basically, the, and I dollared what? all those guys. Famous place here, what, what, what? 50-something Street. Uh, all oh, the guys wow. hang out there. The, the and comedy
9: law. Katz the, hated the, it, too. Uh, John Katz. The,
7: no, it's a very famous place. The Friars
9: Club. Uh, all right.
7: So one time they had me and Bernard. They actually honored us. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know what to write. He goes, Sid, you're the funniest guy I know. I said, I know, but I'm nervous. So he actually wrote some stuff for us. And between him writing really good stuff and me being funny off the cuff, it was a great night for us. Some guys are just great at that, and I'm not.
9: Don't write. Just stand up there and do whatever you do. Right.
7: Just yell and scream like an idiot. Scream. Right. (laughs) That's what people want to see
9: anyway. (laughs) Oh, my God. He really does exist. Look at this guy.
7: (laughs) So yesterday, uh, I don't know why. Was it yesterday or Saturday? I forget now. It was Saturday. No, it was yesterday. It was 11.35 a.m. And I just watched SportsCenter, because I'm sick of the Sunday shows, because they all suck. They're all liars. Even my friend Chuck Todd, they're all liars. Chuck, George Stephanopoulos, that douchebag, uh, what's her name on uh, CBS, Face the Nation. That's not a nice thing to say, but she is. Margaret Brennan, they're all no good. So I put on Fox News, and who do I see? 11.35 yesterday morning, which Lowry? He's sitting there with uh, Marie Harf, who's just absolutely unwatchable. (laughs) I mean, you couldn't pay me to do a thing with her, but I guess, you know, she, you know, she does. She's do a show on Fox radio. I'm not sure she still does it, but liberal. But Rich was great. And I texted him right away. I said, you look great. You sound great. So here he is, the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, Fox News, just an all-around star,
15: my friend Rich Lowry. Good morning, Rich. Thanks, Sid. Yeah, I don't know how anyone does stand-up. It seems like the, the hardest gig in showbiz. So I, I tell little jokes when I give speeches. And what I've noticed about the psychology of crowds, once they stop laughing at one joke, they don't laugh at one joke, they won't laugh the rest of the speech. That's true. So it's yeah. easy for me. I just go to the substance, right? I don't, <laughs> I, don't try to, I don't try to tell any more jokes. But if you're up there for 20 minutes and they've stopped laughing and your whole point is to tell jokes, what are you going to do?
7: <laughs> and, it's, it's, and you can't just walk off the stage because you're getting paid for right. it. So you, yeah. you basically have to take the incoming, and it's brutal, yeah. man. Yeah. It is brutal, but you're, you're great. Better uh, you than me. You, yeah, no, I only did it once. You were great yesterday talking a lot about Trump and uh, what's become an immovable force. I, I, I know you saw this, but CBS News, not exactly a friend yeah. of the Republicans and or Donald Trump, their new poll came out this morning, the VEC 7%, Ron DeSantis 16%, Donald Trump 62%. I have not seen Trump with a 46 point lead. Yeah. It is getting launcher. They don't care about the indictments. They don't care. Joe and Mika this morning are like, is it a cult? No, it's not a cult, you morons. We want our country back. What do you think mm-hmm. about Trump's biggest lead?
15: I mean, it's, it's insane. Uh, I, 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 uh, I did predict on, on my podcast that he'd go bo- bo- above 60. Um, when there's the Bragg indictment and, and here's another one you know the Bragg indictment effect should have worn off by now and, and it's above 60 so um, it's huge it's it's a little different in Iowa I mean that's the one thing that makes you think okay maybe somehow this will become a race But you look at the national numbers. I was thinking about this the other day. It used to be in 2016. You remember Trump would tweet out all these bogus kind of drudge reports, online polls, where where it would be 60-10. Now they're legit polls. They're legit mainstream media organizations that hate him, that have polls with him above 60. It's amazing.
7: I saw you talk, too, about this uh, debate coming up on Wednesday night. And you made the great point, Rich, that he really can't lose because if he shows up, he becomes the center of attention. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't, who cares what Chris Christie or Ron DeSantis say when he's not there? So he's probably not going to come, at least as of this morning. And I'll talk to his daughter-in-law, Lara, coming up in an hour. But at least right now he's not coming. But he can't lose, can he?
15: I don't think so. Yeah, it, you know, He's going to be the story one way or the other. Uh, and then if he doesn't show up, it, it just drains a lot of the energy of the debate. And it um, makes DeSantis the main target of everyone uh chris christie will be out to decapitate desantis if if christie's in a good mood you know vivek will be out to outshine him everyone else will be looking for any openings to attack him and you know maybe you handle everything fantastic and you have a really good night but it's really hard not to see him on the defensive when everyone's attacking you so it just seems to be lining up to be um a tough night for desantis i mean we'll have to see what happens but this this campaign, as I was saying yesterday, it just snake-bit. I mean, there's nothing has gone right. It's over. Um, no, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Bad and, decisions, and I, bad coverage. Yeah, I disagree. I,
7: I don't think it'll be about DeSantis. I, I still think it's going to be about Donald Trump. In fact, I don't think Chris Christie will say one negative thing about him. I think he's going to oh, find a way, even with Trump not being there, to just attack Trump. And in fact, to the point that you and Marie talked about yesterday, DeSantis, Christie, maybe Vivek, although I doubt it because he seems to like Trump, That's all they're going to talk about. And then there are the folks that completely stay away because they know they're going to get killed in the election and they'll have a job in Trump's administration. People like Tim Scott. You never hear Tim Scott ever, ever criticize President Mm -hmm. Trump. But I really believe those people ain't going to even mention DeSantis. It's still going to be, where's the the big leader? He's a coward. He should be here tonight.
15: Now, you know what Chris will do? He'll, he'll, He'll attack Trump and then he'll wheel on DeSantis and say, we need a, a leader who's willing to speak the truth that that I just did, and you aren't, Governor. Um, he can't stand DeSantis. It, it'll 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 come out uh, on Thursday night. Oh, maybe and, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah,
7: Wednesday night. Yeah. By the way, Chris Christie Sorry, uh, in that like CBS News poll is at two percent. Two percent. I mean, yeah, it he, is, he it's embarrassing. He showed embarrassing. a
15: little. He showed a little pickup in New New Hampshire. You know, he's where he's like nine or something. Right. Um, but this right. is, if the field, obviously this is true because you, you want to stay at 60 if you're Trump. But just in terms of where the rest of the field is right now, probably for Trump's purposes, it, it'd be good if DeSantis doesn't sink anymore. They just sort of stays where he is, doesn't grow, doesn't sink. He's eaten, you know, 12%, 16% or whatever it is, and have everyone else eat, eat up the, the rest, and you win. And that's a very plausible scenario.
7: Rich, let's talk about the Biden crime family. Uh, Donald Trump on Tube Social said last night, now there's no doubt, there is no doubt, there is some doubt, Trumpy, but fine. Uh, there's no doubt that Biden took at least $20 million. It does seem that way. The House of Republicans doing a very good job. You know, folks uh, like uh, Jim Comer and Jim Jordan, Nancy Mason, and others, and they are certainly moving closer and closer to that. It's no doubt. But we're not there yet. Uh, your thoughts on a? We're not there yet. And do you think we get there? And does Biden survive this presidency?
15: Um, he, he'll he'll only the, the scandal will become a big deal in, in the the legacy media when and if they decide that he he can't run again. You know, when, when they decide he's a political liability, then all of a sudden you get you'll get front page stories about this this scandal. If Democrats had gotten shellacked in the midterms the way it looked as though they might. We would have heard a lot about this scandal. It would, it would have been a way to kind of usher him out the door, that and the age. So it just depends on their calculation. And their calculation remains that they think Biden is the, is their best bet against Trump. I think it's a it's a terrible gamble for Democrats and for the country. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to have a, a president, uh, you know, have a, a major health crisis will be a, a terrible thing for everyone. But that's that's where we're headed.
7: Trump said something yesterday that I've said on this show. And you've got to give me credit, Rich, for months months and it goes back to my fight with peter king about what a waste of time and money uh it is for us in this ukraine russia war king is part of that oh my god putin's gonna take over the world nonsense i mean he's done nothing to exhibit that nothing and we keep writing these checks and i said months ago i really believe that whatever monies the biden family including joe got from burisma that at this point he's compromised. And every time Zelensky calls him for money, he does it in two seconds, sometimes gives him twice as much as he even asked for, three times as much. You're not going to convince me that this president isn't compromised, and that's part of the reason why Ukraine is getting all this money. And if that's the case, that is really sad for our country.
15: Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. Ask your friend John Bolton. Ask your
7: friend John Bolton. You're wrong. I'm telling you it's the case.
15: (laughs) I mean, a lot of stuff he's been actually slow to give them. I, I, it looks like the, the golden hour is the first year where we just should have given them everything they asked for instead of being afraid of what the Russians would do. If we, we gave them the stuff we ended up giving them anyway, uh, they, they could have possibly pushed the Russians all the way out of their territory, and then then you cut a deal that, that's kind of favorable. But it looks like that opportunity has been lost. It's going to be a slog. It is expensive. There's no doubt. Um you know, we should look look for a deal. But you, you need the Russians to be willing to quit, too. And I doubt that's the case.
7: What do you think uh, about this? Frank Morano sent me this this morning. He actually did send this at 704. You've got to ask Rich Lowry about the passing of James Buckley. Buckley did pass mm-hmm. away. Your mm-hmm. thoughts.
15: Great man. Uh, you know, a judge, a senator, uh, a uh official in the state department, a true gentleman. They just don't make him that way any any uh, anymore, just warm, charming, smart, uh, just just a great, just a great guy, a lover of nature, a lover of birds, just a, a fantastic uh, guy, highly respected by everyone, you know, both sides of the ideological spectrum, willing to go his own way when it was painful, you know, he helped pull the plug on Nixon when it became unsustainable. So we won't see his like again.
7: Wow, that is a ringing endorsement. And finally, you're one of the biggest Yankee fans I know. I put you right up there with Francesco, these other guys. Now mired in an eight-game losing streak. They haven't lost as many games in a row in 28 years. I just don't see any scenario, even with Hal, who's a pussy compared to his father, I don't see any scenario where the GM and the manager, both of them Cashman and Boone, survive
15: this season. To you. Don't ask me baseball questions as college football season says.
7: <laughs> here come,
15: here come <laughs> the Hurricanes. I I,
7: I'm ready for Saturday Navy Notre Dame. Let's go, uh, let's do
15: it. Uh, I, I quit um, after the the terrible loss in the last game of the Marlins series. I haven't been checking score. I just can't take it. You know, some people say, "Oh, you're a spoiled Yankee fan," but I care too much. You know, and the heartache and aggravation, I just couldn't take it anymore. So I haven't been following it. But it's bad, obviously. Um, Cashman should go. You know, the real sin is not necessarily that this year fell apart. I mean, there have been a series of incredibly unfortunate events. Um, But they they were so close in 17, and they pulled back, and they didn't do the things to to get over the top. Right. And that's really unforgivable.
7: You know, you mentioned college football and our mutual friend uh, Chuck Todd, who's about to – he booted off the air in about two weeks. Unfortunately for him, he he said all the right things, but they're kicking him out. He uh, <laughs> he's a big Miami
15: Hurricane fan. I don't even. know. Are you a Virginia Cavalier fan? What is your team? Um, yeah, it is Virginia, but I mean they barely have a football team. Unfortunately, so that actually it's very liberating because I just watch college football for the enjoyment. Yeah. I, I don't have any rooting rooting interest. I kind of like Alabama. Yeah, you know, I yeah. I am typically an underdog guy when it when the um. It's college football or college basketball. But over time, I just came to respect their excellence so much. Oh, yeah. And I just think and, – and I've become an SEC um, advocate just because it, it just seems they are so much better. Oh, than so much better. Else. Yeah,
7: so much better. I mean, the ACC has Clemson and uh, Dabo does a great job, but – that SEC, Georgia, how could you deny what Kirby Smart has done? And, and you're right, Nick Saban, you can make the argument right now, he's the greatest college coach of all time. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a yeah. lot. so.
15: And he couldn't, couldn't, you know, he wouldn't go very wrong every year, just the right. top two SEC teams, they'll be in the national championship game.
7: I was in Miami when he, uh, those two years he coached the Dolphins and to a man, every person in that building in Davie, Florida. Hated his guts. I swear to God, he made women secretaries cry and quit and go home. They hated him. (laughs) But he found a way to take a terrible football team and went 9-7 and his second season with the Dolphins before he made this proclamation. I'm not going anywhere. And the next day. He was in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, great job, which as always. Right, I love you, pal. It. Thank you. All right, Thank there you. he is, the editor of the National Review. A great Monday morning guest, my friend, Rich Lowry. Still a lot more to come. We're going to go live to San Diego, speak to my first-ever radio co-host, Scott Kaplan. He's out there for that tropical storm Hillary. He was out. It was still a hurricane. We're also going to talk to Larry Trump, the president's daughter-in-law, coming up at 845, and U.S. Rep. From upstate New York on the migrant crisis, Mark Molinaro. Plus a surprise as well. Keep it here. We're only halfway through the Monday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
3: President Biden is now just hours away from landing in Maui nearly two weeks after those deadly and historic wildfires. His trip comes amid lingering questions and frustration over the island's response to the disaster. President Biden just hours from landing here on Maui. The official death toll 114. Those on the ground here awaiting the arrival of President Biden, he has promised federal support for as long as it takes.
4: Congressional investigators have uncovered a pseudonym complete with email address. Robert L. Peters that was used by Joe Biden when he was vice president. This is a whole new avenue of investigation, and the House Oversight Committee has demanded documents that might have overlapped and communications that might have overlapped with Hunter Biden's business in Ukraine. This is obvious
5: that Joe Biden abused his power as vice president for the sole purpose to protect his son, who was receiving millions and millions of dollars from this corrupt Ukrainian energy company. And this email ties Joe Biden and Hunter Biden into this corruption scheme without a shadow of a doubt. It is now 100 percent proven that the Biden crime family received more than 20 million dollars from foreign countries while Crooked Joe was vice president and probably a lot more than that. That's just the money they found. Not one of Joe Biden's defenders has even attempted to explain what Joe and his family did, including his children and his grandchildren. What were they doing getting all of this money? I believe we have a compromised president. Randall's Island is now home to another migrant shelter site, providing housing and other resources for up to 3,000 asylum
2: seekers. There's a total of six tents for single and married adults at the city's new center at Field 83. The site was fully funded by New York State. Migrants, illegals to the back of the line.
6: People in foreign countries who have waited years to get in the legal way. Some of them are here today. You got to jump through hoops. You got to take tests. You have to pass certain specifications. Why do these illegal aliens get to jump the queue and jump to the top and front of the line?
10: Now I'm up in the air with a rain in my head. I got nowhere to go. I can go anywhere. It'll be all right when the morning comes. Just
7: passing, I'm not asking that you be in the last voice, of course, yeah. you heard in that open, put together yeah. brilliantly, I must say, by my executive producer, Justin Ellis so was Curtis Slewa Curtis was on about an hour ago. You missed it. I compel you to go back and listen wabcradio.com wabcradio.com It's all archived there. Curtis is on every weekday, but every day is great. And today he talked about being arrested for the 79th time yesterday, twice in one week, once in Queens, once on Staten Island, thousands and thousands of concerned New Yorkers, great people that are sick and tired of the migrant crisis. They don't want to hear where they're going to be next. They want them out of here. And I'm one of them. We don't want them. We don't want them. We don't want them. Don't look for new places. Don't try to get creative. We don't want them. Turn the damn bus around. I don't care what you do. We don't want them. We don't want them. And Eric Adams is so concerned. Your mayor, my old buddy there, he's so concerned, he's on his way to Jerusalem. Maybe they've got a migrant crisis there. I don't think they do, but who knows? Why else is he going there? Oh, he's going there to find out how to combat anti-Semitism. Give me a break. As a Jew... And Dove Hyken will join us at some point. What a waste of time. And he wants to see some of the Israeli technology. And that's all great. Who doesn't love Tel Aviv on an August afternoon? The city's falling apart. Kodos gets arrested every day, not because he wants to, not because he's trying to get to 100. He's at 79, but because people are concerned. They're pissed. They're sad. They're angry. They're desperate. They're nervous. These unvetted people all over the place. And this guy's on his way to Jerusalem in Tel Aviv. And i got people all around him who are my friends, too, because now a lot of Adam's friends are my friends. They are. And some of them kind of roll their eyes and don't say anything. I love those guys. They'll remain nameless. And some go out of the way to defend this guy, like Governor David Patterson. You know I love the governor. He, uh, for the most part, for the most part, is the closest thing to a common-sense Democrat there is, except for this subject. He sounds like the rest of them, making excuses every step of the way and feels bad for the mayor. Are you kidding me, Dave? Stop. Stop. You want to be a sanctuary city? You want to welcome these people here like Adam did for the longest time? Now you're upset? Too late, bitch. Too late. I don't want to hear it. Do you? Look at Louie. He gave me a fist pump just now. He gave me a Bill Sims fist pump. Thank you, Louie. You wouldn't get it from Odell Beckham. You're right about that. Yeah, he may be an unvetted migrant himself, Odell. I don't
9: know. <laughs> not from this world. I think even. he's
7: from Louisiana. I don't know. He went to LSU. I don't know. You know, he the uh, wide receivers at LSU when he was there were him and Jarvis Landry. That's an unbelievable pair of wide receivers. Yeah, but um, maybe one human being. <laughs> maybe. But we uh, we don't want to hear it anymore. Adams is um, on the way back. I got the long form. Curtis, uh, Sliwood thing yeah, here. I think I want to play it because, well, this one, he, um, he talks about the, the protests on Staten Island once again yesterday. Scott Lobato got arrested too. I like Scott Lobato. Artist, smart guy. I know they had a banner of Eric Adams holding the head, the severed head of Lady Liberty. Very reminiscent of what Kathy Griffin did with Donald Trump. But this, uh, in this case, it's apropos. Sleeper yesterday talked about the migrant prote- uh, protest, and uh, you know, if you're legal, great. If not, get the hell out. Curtis Sleeper, cut number five.
6: Migrants, illegals, to the back of the line. Yeah. There are people in foreign countries who have waited years to get in the legal way. Some of them are here today. You got to jump through hoops. You got to take tests. You have to pass certain specifications. Why do these illegal aliens get to jump the queue and jump to the top in front of the line?
7: Then he goes on uh, this next cut, and he talks about this, and he's right, being a nonpartisan issue. I told you this two hours ago. Anecdotal, yes, but I speak to Democrats and Republicans both, and neither one uh, wants these people here. i got to be honest, they don't. Democrats, like I said, they've got homes, just like you and I. They've got family. They've got children, just like you and I. They have concerns, financial concerns, safety concerns, just like you and I. You know, I don't hate Democrats, the people. I mean, some are stupid, there's no question. My own family members sound like idiots. I still love them, but they sound like idiots. I don't hate Democrats, per se. I hate Democrat politicians. Hate them. But the average person on the street, Democrat, pretty much has the same values that we've got. Pretty much. Not all of them. But a lot of them do. And they're not happy either. And Curtis makes that point right here in cut number six.
6: Today, this isn't Republican versus Democrat versus Independent. We're joined together at the hip in solidarity. It's us and we, not I and me. It's Americans versus those who would destroy the America that we know. And today, I want you to join me in an act of civil disobedience. When I finish, we're going to block this street. You line up behind me, Scott Lobato, and the others who know what civil disobedience is. Staten Island, we need to lead, and everybody else should follow.
7: They want to take Fort Wadsworth. They want to take Fort Wadsworth. So uh, if you're interested in the potential for arrest number 80, And I told you that somebody put on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, very early this morning. They want to be the one to throw the party. Forget about Cousin Bruce Morrow, September 7th. They want to be the one to throw the party when Curtis gets to 100 arrests. And next Sunday could be number 80. It's called Occupy Gracie Mansion. Now, the mayor, on his way to Jerusalem today, he'll be in Tel Aviv on Wednesday, is set to come back to New York on Thursday. So the mayor will be here next weekend when, in fact, Curtis is putting together this next massive rally. Occupy Gracie Mansion comes your way Sunday at 2 p.m. where Gracie Manchin. And he did put this note at the bottom of this. It reads, politicians don't show up unless you are okay being arrested with us. So Curtis already planning out arrest number 80. That's big news coming up on Sunday. But before that, we got big news coming up Wednesday night. President Trump again today, remaining steadfast. I'll talk to his daughter, in law Laura, coming up in about uh, 25 minutes. But again, Trump remaining steadfast today in saying he will not participate in any of these debates. Not just Wednesday, but any of these Republican primary debates. The first one does come your way from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the party will announce their candidate next summer. Wednesday night, Fox News. So, Justin, uh, Justin Ellick, who exactly will be participating?
13: Well, uh, we will not see Trump, apparently, so any update on that we'll, uh, we'll get, obviously, have to get before Wednesday night. But other than that, we'll have Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Doug Burgum.
7: That's all of them? Yeah. You're positive about that? Where's yeah. my man, Larry Elder? I'm pretty sure. I don't think Larry Elder made... It. Yeah, oh. he, well, you have
13: to meet certain uh, certain right. requirements. Well, oh.
7: How many people is that? I guess he, That's,
9: made, uh, he made too much sense. I, I may have to go to one, Jim
7: Flippin here, three, who has five, six, uh, been pilling in seven. admirably, doing a great job, and Noam Laden. Seven. Uh, does that he's got seven? is uh, that sound right, Jim? Justin's got seven. Is that right? Do you know how many people are participating in the debate Wednesday
8: night? Seven. Yeah, I think yeah. that is right. At last okay. count. Yes. Yeah. All right.
7: Seven. Of course, I uh, know Donald Trump flipping. While you're here, give me the latest on the Maui situation. So
8: we know that the president is expected to go there to Hawaii today. Oh the God! Official death toll. That's a
7: bigger disaster than the actual uh, wildfire.
8: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, some of the cuts we just played at the top of the hour basically saying that people there are not happy. They don't the want them there. Right now. They don't want them there. Um, and there's fears, you know, really, uh, awful situation here where over a thousand people remain missing, even though they've short- searched 85% of the scorched out area in Lahaina. And one of the things that's starting to emerge, said is that, you know, that day that the fire happened, there was a fire earlier in the day and the speculation is that maybe that re-sparked and yeah. kind of burned this really huge devastating blaze. Yeah. So when that first fire broke out, they closed school for the day and sent kids home. So the kids were at home oftentimes with their grandkids, grandparents, because, you know, people were working and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And there's a, a really increasing fear that a number of kids might be among Oh the, my god. The dead really? fire. Oh, I didn't hear this part. Jeez. And um aye, aye, aye. You know, oh, uh, they're god. they're going back and forth over whether or not they should have played the sirens. They should have played the sirens. Uh, they to go
7: back and forth they should have done. I know it's usually for tsunamis, but this was a
8: disaster. Yeah. stupid. My
7: god, that kids story. And some
8: that. of the some of the journalists on the ground are saying basically, you know, they're doing their best with various with FEMA and an FBI uh, uh not FBI, the um, Red Cross, yeah, you know, people that are responding and getting supplies in the area. But people are also desperate for information. Of course. Because the right. cell phone towers are down. And you know, they keep the media out. And as Tulsi Gabbard told me right on the
7: show a couple days ago, they've been keeping the media out for the most part. Right. So. Uh, one more uh, update, if you wouldn't mind, Jim Flippen doing a great job in California. The uh, hurricane, which is now tropical storm Hillary, so bad it even set up an earthquake in California yesterday. What's the latest there?
8: Yeah, well, I mean, geologists say that there's no link really between. Oh, the, there is no link between the tropical well, storm. I'm, I'm saying
7: the... there is one. Al Gore right. told
8: me there is, so that that's an inconvenient truth then i guess Um, (laughs) oh good one very very good but no the the tropical storm is now like a post-tropical storm cyclone they're calling it or something like that i guess the sustained winds are down to around 30 or 35 miles per hour Hmm. um still concerns over flash flooding you know a lot of these regions where the rain is falling like arizona nevada southern california so dry most of the time the ground is not like you know it doesn't handle water that well right. like that. Right. So um there are still some concerns with the flooding and stuff like that. Yeah, but as far as the earthquake, which is kind of crazy, that happened as they were getting ready for the storm to hit yesterday, 5.1 magnitude. D- you know, damage reported, I guess, but not no injuries. No injuries so, and no deaths, right. And aftershocks yeah. are happening right now. So
7: And Vegas had an unbelievable weekend. They're still coming. They're coming by the droves. They don't care about the rain. They're coming because you could stay uh, dry inside the casino. So Vegas, uh, despite these uh, harrowing weather reports, I know it's a state of emergency in in, uh, Arizona and California. Vegas seems to be unbothered. When I get back, I met a gentleman this weekend who told me such a tragic story that it's been bothering me since Friday. And it turns out his family owns a big-time restaurant in Broad Channel, where me and Danielle will be going for the first time this Friday night. This Is a heart wrenching, brutal story. I've got the details coming up.
1: In the morning, 77 WABC.
4: Lady,
10: I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. You have made me what I am. And I am yours my love. There's so many ways I want to say I love you. Let me hold you in my arms for evermore.
7: lady, Kenny Rogers. Kenny would have been lady, 85 years old today. The late, great Kenny Rogers would have been 85. So Talking about ladies, um, here's a tragic story. And, and I just, I've been thinking about this since Friday. So Friday night, Lou, I go to, well, uh, Callie's. My wife, Danielle, was in the city with the kids. Gabe had to be at the allergist and Ava had to be at the doctor. So I was alone and it was a lovely night. One of those, uh, you know, little sweatshirt nights and, I walked over to Cali's seven blocks away, and I sat outside. There was a a band, uh, two guys, two older guys, and they were great. James Taylor, Rolling Stones, all the music I like. It was very nice. One of the things I've grown to notice about this show, and maybe this goes back to why Bernie and Jill used to compare me to Trump, is that people who like this show, they love this It's like no other show on this market, trust me. Just please trust me. No other show on this market. Gets the love that we get, they don 't like it or love it they they live for it now, on the flip side, people that hate me, they really up and hate me. I mean, I see stuff on the internet every day, which is pretty unbelievable, but that 's fine that's I guess a Trump comparison. They love this show like they love noah i don 't care if it's Kerr, Horton, it 's Kerr carton it doesn 't matter no one, no one gets what we get on both sides of the spectrum. So every now and then, somebody will walk over to me, and it'll put me in tears. Because I still find a lot of it surreal, even 25 years later. So I'm having dinner there on Friday, and a gentleman walks over, and his name is Marty Finney And he says, I had to come over. I don't want to bother you. I know you're having dinner. But I had to come over. He said, I'm just a huge, huge fan of your show. He said to me what a lot of people say. You don't even know what you do for people every morning. And I'm like, I, I, I really don't. <laughs> I come in. I, I got a bunch of guys that are really talented that work alongside me. And we cover a lot of stories, and we do a lot of stuff like this, lifestyle stuff. But I don't. No, I don't. So thank you. No, you don't, you don't get it. And he said, listen, I want to invite you to my restaurant. Now, what's ironic about this story is I had never heard of this restaurant my whole life. And if God is good to me, I'll be 57 years old in April. And even living in Far in Rockaway Beach, I never heard of this restaurant until two days prior. It's weird, Lewis. Wednesday, somebody said to me, if you like Italian food, I know you go to Rocco's, La Sorrentino, these places. You got to go to Adrian's and Broad Channel. I go, I don't know it. I said, but there's a place. Right when you get over the bridge there on the way to Howard Beach, it's like a barista coffee place. Yes, yes, yes. right across the street, right across the street, Broad Channel. I go, okay, one of these days I'm going to try it. This is two days after that guy tells me this. Here's the owner. His name is Marty. He doesn't own it, actually. His kids own it. His two kids, Jess and Frank, own it, and his two nephews. But he goes on to tell me a story that's just going to break your heart. The name of the restaurant is Adrian's because... That was his daughter's name. She was better known as A. She was an executive chef, and she died on August 7th of 2022. Marty and his wife Karen were at their home in Naples with their 7-year-old granddaughter Emma. When they received the worst call any parent can receive, Long story short, we made it home that evening. And all I can say is it was a double tragedy, the way they were treated. And he goes on to rip here the 100th precinct. I know those guys. That's our neighborhood precinct, Lou. And I bet a lot of those guys, and they're great guys, but in this case, seemingly by Marty, they did not do the right thing. From the get-go, they just closed the case immediately. Long story short, his daughter, Adrian was on a um a date, and, um, and she never met this guy before, and he ended up, there was another guy with him, two guys, and they raped her, and they killed her. She did have drugs in her system, but seemingly a little too much, which probably goes to show that these guys must have done something to her before they raped her and killed her. One of the guys that did it spent five years in a federal prison for moving synthetic drugs, including Molly, which ended up in Adrian's system. This other guy, John Bolkin, is a self-proclaimed Westie gang member. His father was shot to death in the late 70s by another thug gang member on the West Side. His uncles are all murderers, according to Marty. And the morning of his daughter's death, he's got video of Bokin running up the road to Cross Bay Boulevard and getting into a car while Adrian laid on the floor dying for two hours before this other guy, not Bokin, called 911. By that time, Bokin was gone, never to be interviewed by the police. Oh, he says they didn't rape her. I'm sorry. He's listening right now. It did say in this initial message that they did. Regardless, uh, she was not raped. Okay. So let me correct that according to uh, Marty this morning. Regardless, it's a terrible tragedy. And he seems like a sweetheart and a wonderful guy and his wife. And uh, we're going to go to this restaurant on Friday, Danielle and I, because hey, it's a neighborhood restaurant and we love frequenting those, as you do, Louis. We want to keep uh, the money, if we can, in our community. But Marty was a detective for a long time. He was a cop. And I've only heard Marty's side of the story, not the precinct. And again, those guys are that precinct, some of those guys are my friends. But what Marty is telling me, as a former detective and a cop himself, he should have been treated better. And his daughter... God rest her soul, certainly deserve better. I don't know where the case is now. They've found this scumbag, bulk in this other scumbag, I don't know. But I would hope that the 100th precinct, if they're listening and they do every day, reopens this thing. And those guys that did this to Adrian, Marty and Karen's daughter, get what they deserve, which should be a heck of a lot worse. Don't what Adrian got.
11: I after to this. Boy, this is Sit in Friends in the Morning.
10: Friends, how many of us have been
1: friends? 77 WABC.
0: Even a good
7: guy Curtis sleep with his. Curtis was listening to uh, me tell that story in the other room, and I walked out, and uh, he said, "Come here." I said, "What's up?" He said, "I'm going to go to my ex-wife, the Queens DA, Melinda Katz, and ask her to reopen that case for the Feenies." I don't know if she will do it or not. I have no idea. And again, a week ago today, I didn't even know who Marty Feeney or Adrian was, <laughs> but hearing that story, the guy was a homicide detective. I mean, come on. You can't let that girl just lay there and die and do nothing about it. That's murder, in my opinion. So Curtis is um, going to go to Melinda, and he even threatened to not pay her child support, which would be nothing new, of course. <laughs> on, on a serious note, that's what a good guy Curtis is. He, he, he cares. you know. So he's out there, and he's banging the drum for all of us New Yorkers, whether it's Queens or Staten Island or in a case like this. I'm going to call Melinda so he can help the, help the Feenies out. And that's the real Curtis Sliwa. Man, that's why he should be mayor. And uh, I'm going to do everything I can to help him. So I guess I'm officially off the Adams band. I don't dislike Eric Adams. I don't. I don't dislike him. He's um, He's been out with me a bunch of times. He, he To my son, I'll never forget how nice he's been to Gabriel because he's dyslexic, Eric, and my son is dysproxic. They share a disability, not the same one, but and he couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been nicer. Very nice to Danielle. And we had some good conversations. I don't regret having any of them. I don't. I don't regret becoming friendly with the mayor. I don't. And I still wish the mayor the best of luck. I really do. But right now, he sucks. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Everybody else is forward. Well, it's the federal government. It's uh It's, it's, it's the uh, Get it done. Just get it done. No one is in the mood for excuses. Nobody. Well, it's the last guy. It's the... He's got a thousand excuses. A thousand. I wish him well. I do. But right now, unless things change in a big way in this city, and I mean in a big way, where crime is still terrible, despite some of the numbers going down, I don't care. Nobody feels safe. And that may be perception. So what? Perception sometimes is a lot more real than reality. So no one feels safe in this city. Migrants all over the place. For rent signs everywhere, sorry, Corey Soundlick, it's a mess. Homeless feces, just gross, just absolutely gross. I get down to Wall Street, I get on that ferry, and every day I go on vacation. Every day because I get away from New York City. As soon as that ferry leaves the dock at Wall Street, I swear to God, it's like I go to Florida every day. And I go to a nice, beautiful community. No migrants, no homeless, no criminals, no peepee on the street, no duty on the street, there's a beach two blocks away, everybody loves each other, there's American flags everywhere. That's America. That's America. Not this mess. Curtis Sliwa for mayor.
1: in the morning. 77 WABC.
10: My
7: favorite Trump is Lara Trump after Donald. She's on the show every two weeks. She's been just amazing to me. She has her own great podcast. It's really great. And she's on like a million other shows, you know. But none of them compared to us. And I'll tell you why. This song, for example, Carolina on My Mind, one of my favorites, James Taylor. I love
11: James Taylor.
7: Works so well for Lara because not only is she a North Carolina girl, but her little girl, Carolina, her daughter, turned four yesterday. And I can promise you she can do 100 radio shows today, and not one host will A, make mention of that, or B, play this James Taylor song, and that's why we're the best. Is that fair to say, Lara?
2: Thank you. I love it. (laughs) One of my favorites, too. And you know what? Whenever I first moved to New York, I won't say how many years ago because it will make me sound so old, Sid, (laughs) I can't even talk about it. I played that song every time I would get on the F train, to ride from Roosevelt Island into Manhattan because I was so homesick and it actually made me feel so much better. So I love that you played that this morning. Thank you. and honor my daughter.
7: You're welcome. She's a beautiful little girl. Now, you, I forget, is it Wilmington? Where were you from again?
2: Yes, Wilmington, North yeah. Carolina. It's yeah. my hometown, born and raised, also home of Michael Jordan. And we both went to the same high school, though not at the same time, so don't get any
7: ideas. (laughs) I would say it anyway. Um, My wife, I told you before, Danielle spent uh, 12 of her very formidable years in Charlotte, and her father, her stepfather, Peter, still lives there, and we make our way there every summer for the most part since COVID has changed that. But we would go to Matthews on Independence and spend a couple of days in Charlotte, then go to Asheville for two or three days and stay at the Grove Park Inn. So my wife, too, is uh, basically for a quarter of her life, a Carolina girl, too.
2: Love that. Amen to that. Good people
7: down there. Oh, very good people. People leaving here and going there because, first of all, yeah. it's green, it's plush, it's beautiful. They're real Americans. They they stand for what's right like your father-in-law does. Well, I am upset. I'm going to say it. I know why he's not going to be there Wednesday. It makes strategic sense. I know it does. But I am upset because selfishly wanted to see him debate on Wednesday night. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's nothing like a Donald Trump on a debate stage. I mean, you're, you're never going to get primetime TV quite like that. I mean, I think some of the most historic moments in the 2016 campaign came when my father-in-law was on those debate stages, whether it was during the primaries whether it was versus Hillary Clinton. I mean, he definitely makes for interesting TV against Joe Biden in 2020. But, yeah, you're right. It strategically doesn't make sense for him to debate at this point. And the truth is, whenever you're talking about primaries, too, you know, these are people who are trying to prove why they should be president. And they they tell you on the debate stage, here's what I would do as president of the United States. Here's how I would operate. The truth is that we know how Donald Trump would operate. We know what his policies are. We know because we saw them in practice during his four years as president of the United States. He really has nothing to gain, truthfully, from from doing the debates. I think the only thing uh, that makes me sad is probably the same thing. As you said, the entertainment value is going to yep. go way down on that debate uh but let's see what the, the rest of the folks oh please say.
7: not only the entertainment value but i have to be honest lara the thought of fat and stupid chris Christie spending an hour just <laughs> killing your father-in-law with nobody fighting him. desantis isn't going to fight for your father-in-law vivek and tim scott they're not going to say anything so i'm not even going to watch it because i can't stand to watch jealous envious people take shots at donald trump and he's not there to defend himself
2: well, that's true. And and you know what we say in North Carolina, speaking of about people like Chris Christie's, bless his heart. I mean, this is the most uh, sad case of sour grapes I've ever seen. Ever. This is a guy who was a failed governor of the state of New Jersey, failed one time running against Donald Trump in 2016, failed to become his vice presidential uh, roommate in 2016 and has never gotten over it. I'm fairly certain that somebody is funding Chris Christie in this whole thing, because I don't know anyone backing him that actually thinks this guy's got a shot at becoming president of the United States is pretty clear he's in there to bash Donald Trump. So you're probably right about what his plans are for the debate on Thursday.
7: I mean, the issue becomes you say it's pretty clear that he's got no chance. Uh, I know you saw this this morning, Lara, the new CBS poll. The VEC is in third with 7%. Ron DeSantis is in second with 16%. And your father-in-law has done the unthinkable the four indictments. He's at 62%. He's north of 60. His lead is 46 points. This is CBS News. They don't love your father. They don't love the GOP. He's killing the field. So the truth is every one of those people on Wednesday night are there for no – got no chance. No chance. Yeah,
2: I'm – It's it's basically, you know, a trial to see if they could possibly run alongside him. Right. Because he is the he's the obvious Republican nominee. And I've said this many times, Sid, on other shows. This is why I think the super PACs need to stop wasting their money fighting against him. Think about the tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars at this point that have probably gone into fighting Donald Trump from these super PACs out there, you know, who are backing some of these other Republican candidates. Right now, we are at such a time in our country, like we have never seen before. We, we cannot, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to face down the corruption that we have seen happen within our government. The stuff that's gone on with Donald Trump, you wonder why he's at 62% after four indictments. is because people are starting to get it. People are starting to see that this has all been political. It has never been about following the law. It has never been about protecting people. It's been about going after one guy because they're terrified of him becoming president again and that's obviously donald trump let's take all that super PAC money and face down this corruption let's make sure we do that by winning at the ballot box in 2024 every single american should care about this whether or not you like donald trump because believe me if they can do this to him then it means they can do anything they want to any other American out there, whether it's right or not. And that is really terrifying in the United States of America right now.
7: So tonight, all well said, by the way, brilliantly said, Laura. Tonight, your father-in-law was supposed to speak uh, from Bedminster to the nation. I have to be honest, I thought it was a bad idea. But I thought uh, some of the things he's done in the past are bad ideas, and he was right. I think this time I was probably right because I thought it was a bad idea from the get-go, and now he's not going to do it. Uh, what are your thoughts? I know last week, this is, this is old news now. He decided not to do it a couple of days ago. Maybe he just thought about it. Maybe it is attorney's request. I don't know. What are your thoughts on your dad not speaking? Father law no, not speaking tonight.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I haven't talked with him personally about it. So I don't ultimately know what changed his mind on that. But, you know, the truth is if we have any questions at all, Sid, about any election here in the United States of America, we can't just move on and say, you know what? We're not going to talk about that anymore because people are tired of hearing about it. And I think that's a frustration of his personally, because it's not just that Donald Trump feels like that there was something funny that happened in the 2020 election. I would have a guess that probably 75 million Americans join him in that frustration and that feeling. And, man, that is a bad spot for us to find ourselves here in in this country, because if we cannot ensure that we have free and fair elections, then we're no better off than these communist third world countries. And so he has from the very beginning tried to figure out exactly what happened in that election to put people's minds at ease, to to make people confident again in our country and in our elections and the process here in America. So for whatever reason, he did decide not to do his speech from Bedminster tonight. But I do think we need to figure out exactly what happened. We can't just let this die and, and fall by the wayside. Because I'll tell you what, you go out there and you talk to people on the streets, and I, I talk to people all the time, average people all across this country, and the one concern they have as we head towards November of 2024 is how do we know that every legal vote will be counted? How do we know that there's not going to be any more funny <laughs> I, business? I,
7: I get the same thing. I swear to God, just the other night, a good friend of mine, I'm going to vote for Donald, but how do I know my vote is going to count? I go, what do you mean? Right. Of, of course she's right. I mean, and, and the other thing is they hold your father's feet to the fire, your father-in-law. And, and, and wait a second. Didn't Stacey Abrams do the same thing when she lost to Kemp in Georgia? Didn't Hillary Clinton do the same thing when she lost to Donald Trump? So, again, this is it's like a broken record. For the millionth time, it's okay for Democrats to question election results. But when your father-in-law does it, give him the electric chair.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could even go back to, to Al Gore. You could go way back. I mean, this is there's a history there of constantly doing this. And I think especially when you look at this situation in Georgia, this indictment, which has been, just such an utter joke from the very beginning, um, the, the whole thing, the release of the indictment prior to the grand jury voting. We know you can indict a ham sandwich, but please, let, at, least, at least let the people vote so we have some level of confidence in these things. But to to try and say that what Donald Trump did was illegal somehow by using his First Amendment freedom of speech and then daring to question an election, we should all be questioning elections if there is even the faintest hint of something improper going on, because that ensures that we indeed have the same country we always thought we had. We cannot have, you know, a bunch of nefarious things going on, and then people are going to say, oh, well, if you question it, we're going to lock you up in jail. If you go to, you know, uh, Washington, D.C. on January 6th and dare have any questions, we're going to throw you in jail, too. The double standard and the unequal application of law has frustrated so many people. And I think the goal is clear. I think it's to scare people. We don't want anybody out there questioning any future election because look at Donald Trump. Look what could happen to you. Look at the people who were at the ellipse on January 6th. Look how their lives have been ruined. Don't you dare step out of line. Don't you dare question anything. That has been the goal of theirs as well.
7: You ever see, uh, in the last 60 seconds, Laura, I actually sat down with my wife, Danielle, and my daughter, Ava, last week. They put it on first and caught my attention right away. An American Dream, the Netflix documentary on your apartment. Have you ever see that?
2: Oh, I have not. I'm going to assume it's not great. Uh,
7: No, 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 I disagree. Now, it's six years old, and there's a lot of folks in there that take uh, brutal shots at them. But there's a lot of Roger Stone, a lot of uh, people that are your, your father-in-law's friends. And I have to tell you, uh, when you look, and they do a very good job of going over his real estate business, the entertainment business, the political business, and really it shows you that for the better part of 30 years, dating all the way back, Larry, to 1988, your father-in-law has had uh, has set his designs on being president. I You could honestly make the argument, and you can tell him I said this. He asked me one of the most amazing people in terms of what he's done in every facet of his life, one of the most amazing people in the history of mankind. I mean that. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It is just. It's in, when you look at what he's done in all these different endeavors, including the presidency. It's unbelievable.
2: Unreal. It, I mean, it really is. You're, you're right. Whether it's in business, whether it's in television, whether it's in politics, there really there has never been a Donald Trump. There will never be another one like him. He is so unique in so many ways, and I'll tell you something that I always take away from his advice that he's given now probably for 30-plus years. You go back to any major speech he ever gave, anytime anyone said, what is the best piece of advice you could give me, his advice is always the same. It is never quit, never quit anything. I've seen people at the top of their their industry. I've seen people at the top of their game, and for whatever reason, they couldn't stick through it. They quit, and they could have been great. But for the fact that they quit and they gave up, never quit, never give up on your dreams. And I'll tell you what, he is a walking, talking example of that, because look at where he has gone. Look at where he's come from. Look at all he's gone through. And he's still standing. He's still fighting. He's still willing to pursue what he knows is right for this country. And God bless him for it. I wish we had more fighters out there like him.
7: Agreed. Uh, you're one. I love you. I do. You're great. And uh, thank you for all these months, all these months coming on every couple of weeks. It's a real honor. I consider you and Eric, dear friends. And thank you so much. We'll do it again very, very soon. Give my best. Okay, Lara?
2: You're the best. Thank you, Sid.
7: Thank you. And happy birthday to Carolina once again. Thank for you. you. Back here. This goes on the way out, Laura. Here's some more. Carolina. A little Carolina Trump. On a fourth birthday, on sitting friends in the morning.
10: Carolina in my mind, in my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't you just like a friend of mine to so get me from behind? in
1: Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I
10: never meant to be so bad to you. One thing I said that I... And we'll wipe this smile right from my face.
7: for you. 9-11 on your Monday morning. Been a great, great, great show. Jim Carr, Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll DJ Q104.3. Actually, called in at 6.45 during his own show. He picked a long journey song, Don't Stop Believing," And he called in to talk about yesterday being National Radio Day. And I love Jim Carr. One of the greatest DJs ever. And then we spoke to Curtis Sliwa, fresh off his 79th arrest. He was tremendous as always, which Lowry and moments ago, Lara Trump, as her father-in-law gets set to watch, like the rest of us, this debate on Wednesday with a bunch of fat losers, none of which have a chance of uh, winning. Nobody. None of them. Not Vivek, not Christine, not DeSantis, not Tim, not Nikki, none of them. Losers. But uh, one of them may turn out to be Trump's running mate. We'll see. So, well, uh, Curtis told me that uh, if you want uh, arrest number 80, It may be this Sunday. He was arrested twice last week, Queens and Staten Island, for doing what we all should be doing. And that is telling the mayor, we don't want migrants here. We don't want them. We're not looking for better places. We don't want them. Get them out. Get them out. So Sunday, it's Occupy Gracie Mansion. Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The mayor is on his way to Israel now. God knows nothing's going on here. Good time to go to Israel. He uh, Curtis says politicians don't show up unless you plan on being arrested with us. And he was out there. He got arrested. LeBelo got arrested, and it's twice in four days. But we've had enough. We've had enough. These unvetted people, and they're coming in by the thousands. And everybody's got an excuse. Every Democrat has an excuse. Marcus Molinaro uh, just won election to the 19th congressional district. Mark has been a friend of this show for years dating back to when he ran against Andrew Cuomo for governor back in 2018. He's back today. Mark Molinaro, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Glad to be back. How are you? I'm uh I'm fantastic. You sound nice. Fired up. You sound fired up. Uh, I've been fired up and I am fired up because I'm pissed off and I've had enough. I you know, Eric Adams tells us, "Well, what do you want from me?" But well, what well, Eric, you told everybody we're a sanctuary city. You told these people, "Come Come to us. We're going to take very good care of you. And you took great care of them. Four-star hotels. There were homeless Americans sleeping on the bench, even some veterans on the street. But you told these people, come on, baby, we got you. Now he's had enough? Well, it's too late. And this is the issue with this country. Guys like Abbott and DeSantis said, get out. But no, these Democrat mayors and governors wanted these people. Now they're complaining. Mark, you can't have it both ways.
0: No, you can't. And listen, it's virtue signaling at its worst. Uh, The city said, welcome to New York. And then all of a sudden uh, you you had thousands upon thousands of individuals brought to New York. And, And don't don't be mistaken. It's not just states that are doing it. The federal government's doing it as well. And now because of failure of leadership by the president, the mayor and the governor of New York, they're outsourcing the problem to counties and communities upstate. Now, this has happened in the past, by the way. New York City has taken homeless or individuals they don't want to see on. On the streets, and they put them on buses and ship them to upstate New York. But it's never happened like this, where the city has organized this action. I mean, they're transporting people to motels and hotels in upstate New York. No authority to do so. No care for for any vetting. No concern for any of the any of the families. And they're and they're putting them in places. Frankly, they don't know anything about, and the communities don't know anything. Don't have the resources to provide assistance. Well, it's funny but, you say point? that.
7: It's funny you say that because just last week, Governor Hochul even said she was criticizing Adams. And she said, "Yeah." She said, "Do you think putting people on buses to upstate New York now, Mark? I know you know this. My mother Naomi." She spends half the year in Florida and uh, in Coneonga Lake, which uh, which obviously district.
0: she's a constituent.
7: Yes. She shares White Lake. She's six miles outside of Monticello. She is a constituent. She loves you, Mark Molinaro, dating back to when you ran for governor. And she's pissed because Swan Lake, Monticello, right there by the Sullivan County Community College. They're sending folks up there. How many other areas up there are they sending them to?
0: We well, have hotels and motels uh, in counties even further north. But don't, don't be misled. Now, listen, I, I, I'll give the governor credit. She's finally come around, but only because of a of lawsuit. She was sued. The state of New York sued, and her response was the city's doing a bad job. For months, Republican and Democrat members of Congress, certainly in the Hudson Valley upstate, have been saying, I think you had Mike Lawler on. I'll even, to his credit, Pat Ryan said so early on, we've, we've said the governor should have declared a state of emergency, should have deployed resources, should have engaged early, and should have pushed put pressure on the president. But nobody wanted, the Democrats didn't want to take issue with the president. They didn't want to put him in a bind. But this is the problem. The president should have taken action at the border. We should be moving forward with stronger border security. And by the way, a streamlined and compassionate asylum process. Those who want to go through the right means to become uh, become naturalized citizens. Absolutely. But there needs to be a process. The president's unwilling to do it. The governor of New York was unwilling to pressure him and uh, and and simply rolled over when Mayor Adams decided to start uh, transporting people upstate. Yeah, it is
7: a uh, huge issue, and uh, I get the feeling, talking about uh, upstate New York, Mark, and you mentioned Ryan and you mentioned uh, Lawler up there in uh, Rockland County, who is a good friend of mine as well, uh, that now you're looking for bipartisan support. I don't mean from the, the the mayor or the governor or the president, but I mean in these Pacific counties, you believe, uh, if I'm right, that this should become a bipartisan issue and it's going to take both parties to fix it, Yes.
0: Yeah, listen, whether whether we like it or not, we have a bipartisan government by design or default. So you're going to need Republicans and Democrats who agree. But here's the thing. You've got to start with border security and, 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 and ensuring that we are protecting the nation. And that, that's the, the principal responsibility uh, of, of the federal government. But there are Republicans and Democrats across the country who have had enough uh, of this sort of uh, you know, this attitude by leadership that, that we're just going to ignore it. And upstate, you know, listen, we, we've had counties that Republican and Democrat that took executive action. They they declared states of emergency to prohibit placement of migrants in hotels and motels. And I want to get to that one second. But then you had Democrat county executives and county leaders that were open to it. Now suddenly they see the problem and they're taking the same action. But Sid, here's the thing: if in upstate, in the state of New York, if you, if you're going to care for a veteran who's homeless, or a, or a mom or dad who may be out of their, out on their luck and they and they need they need temporary housing. You go through an entire process as a local government to get certification. You make sure that they're cared for. The city of New York and the states allowing them to simply circumvent that. And in some places, Jeez. we saw in Rensselaer County, people being displaced, homeless lo- local individuals with hmm. housing insecurity being yep. Yep. being displaced.
7: Yep. Rensselaer County, I'll never forget my <laughs> my buddy was an RA at Albany, and I oh, went yeah. to visit him in college. Mark, uh, it's like circa 1988, and uh, <laughs> and he goes, he goes. There's a toga party tonight at Rensselaer. I go, hold on a second. That's a geeky engineering school. What do you mean a toga party? You go, Sid, watch them party. If I told you that six hours later we were in an Albany hospital, you had a broken arm after a massive fight broke out, would you be surprised? I would. <laughs> no, well, that's what happened. There are animals up there in that area. They're, they're a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Well, they're away from home, you know. Yeah, so, people get it, crazy. What I know.
0: To stays in Rensselaer.
7: <laughs> you know, uh, you ran for governor back in 2018. That's when we became friendly and yeah. uh, wanted you to beat Cuomo really badly. We had that great day in Howard Beach making pizzas on yes, the, uh, right. <laughs> the day of the election. And I thought you ran a, a great race. I, I don't know... What you're looking to do in the future? I know you're you're, you're in office right now. Any other future plans uh, in terms this of job? Government? I love
0: this job. I you know I've got uh, Speaker McCarthy coming up to Sullivan County for an event with us uh, this uh, this week. No, no, where uh, is
7: that? Yeah. Is that at Benji and Jake's?
0: I uh, know it isn't, <laughs> although it could. Yeah, why I, I was for, just there a couple of weeks ago. Purposes, I can't announce. You know, you have a very large uh, audience. Huge. I can't announce to the world where he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it's we right. lined up out to New Jersey. <laughs> but if you're interested, you can visit us at MarkMolinaro.com. Happy to find you. <laughs> I you hey, listen,
7: I, I think it's great. He, wherever you're going to be, I think it's great uh, that he's going up there. And I mentioned Benji and Jake's because Benji, uh, happens yeah. to be a dear, dear, close, uh, close personal friend. And my mother is less than a mile away in that whole Bethel Woods area, all that area. But um, I think it's great that Kevin McCarthy is making a trip up there because sometimes, Mark, I feel like, and it's not your fault. You're a great politician and exactly what those counties need. I feel like that's a forgotten land. And it pisses me off because people like Cuomo and Hochul, especially Cuomo, Cuomo promised for years and years and years and years he was going to fix all that. He did dick. He did yeah. nothing.
0: No, they, they ignored it. And by the way, I represent an entire district of people that are frustrated and pissed off that government – and by the way, businesses overlook them. They fly over them. They ignore them. And and in fact, by the way, the guy who ran against me last time, he lived in Washington, D.C. for the last 20 years, came back to, to, to Ithaca, New York <laughs> to run for a seat. You want to talk about you know <laughs> the pot calling the kettle black. But that said <laughs> – uh, no, listen. I I love this job. I love this job. Um, this this part of New York needs a strong voice. Uh, I'm 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 honored to be it. And we've got a lot of problems in this country. And and better days are coming. But we've got to fight for it. And, and that's what I'm focused on.
7: What about uh, Curtis Slewa? What are your thoughts? On uh, two well, the arrests, more he
0: gets arrested. The more he gets arrested, the better off we all are. Yeah, because people pay attention. Listen, I, you know, he and I campaigned together in '18. Uh, passionate, uh, and he's always put the city first. So, I mean, I don't want the guy behind bars, but uh, you know, every time he gets arrested, people pay attention, and something happens. So, God bless him. Giants,
7: Cowboys, Margot, cats, and I love you. I love you. You look beautiful, <laughs> Margot. Just uh, walked by. I love her. Uh, Giants, Cowboys. She's I'm actually going. I've got four week one in uh, in New Jersey coming up Sunday September the 10th Mark Molinaro how okay, excited are you, you.
0: I am very, I'm very excited. Uh, listen, I'm a Mets fan, so, I mean, even the Giants starting a season is better better than, That's than the Mets ending a season.
7: That's <laughs> true. The Mets have been so miserable. Funny, oh, uh, my God. Now, Alec, you don't know this, but this guy, Malinaro, is not just a great politician. And by the way, he doesn't know who you are, so during the interview in my ear, he goes, Oh, my God, this guy's good. And I'm like, I could have told you that years ago. He's great. Uh, <laughs> you don't know this, Alec, but Malinaro is such a big Giant fan that his grandfather, God rest his soul, when he died, they buried him in a giant jersey. Oh,
0: wow. Yep. And we bleed blue. We, I mean, we, we're miserable all the time, but we bleed blue. <laughs>
13: well, I've, I've been a little happier as of late, Mark, because I bleed green. I'm a yeah, he's diehard bird. He's fan. an Eagles uh, fan. No,
0: don't get your hopes up. <laughs> listen. I, you know. oh, hey, listen, I married an Eagles fan, and, and it, it causes some problems. <laughs> uh-huh. Is that right? You're married to an Eagles fan? Yes, I know, I know. But she's wonderful, so I couldn't say, I couldn't hold that
7: well, you're yet. a great-looking guy. She better be gorgeous. It's like my wife is a Met fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Met fan. She's a Yankee fan, but Danielle's gorgeous. Who cares? Uh, listen, <laughs> yeah, you're great. Thank you for hopping on today. Uh, keep fighting up there, Mark. New York needs you. My mom needs you, so keep fighting up there, okay?
0: Well, you tell your mom we're, we're fighting for her. I appreciate it.
7: I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Marcus Molinaro, great, great, great politician up there in uh, upstate New York. Terrific, terrific guy. And he loves his sports. He I don't think he was watching Djokovic yesterday, but who knows? I mean, that's the primer, I guess, for the U.S. Open, which is, in my opinion, all the great events I go to all year. You know, I'm at Giant Games, Met Games, Ranger Games, Nick Games. And I remain steadfast for 30 years when I say the greatest sporting event of the year in New York is the U.S. Open, which starts next week in Flushing, Queens. That brings me... To Mr. NJ Diet, Arthur Turovich, eight five 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 nj diet NJDiet.com, you will lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in just 40 days. He loves his tennis. Good
16: morning, Arthur. How are you, pal? Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to, uh, I love the segue. A bunch of Eagles fans. I want to, I, I love it. Absolutely well, my producer,
7: it. my executive producer is a diehard Eagle fan. He's a douchebag, kind of like you. And that was Go birds, Dr. T. <laughs> hey!
16: Don't be, don't be, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. Oh, yeah,
7: oh jealous. Great. Hold on, hold on. I've got four Super no, Bowl Super wins. Hard. You've got none. Oh, you got one. Nick Bowles. I'm sorry. Four to one last I checked Artie.
16: Philly, the Philly special will always be a thing. Everybody everybody will always remember that play.
7: I guess. I don't know. I don't
16: yeah, think anybody will uh, remember. We, 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 we will. Yeah, but you do. Yeah, talk about, let's talk about the great day in, uh, in sports yesterday. I mean, it's perfect because, you know, the the preseason is whatever. Baseball is uh, is kind of dead in New York. But yesterday was Although, no, I tell normal. you what,
7: it may be dead in New York, but your Phillies, that was a bad loss to the Nationals last night, bad loss.
16: It was, it was. But they—they've got a lot of the, the new guy they got. His name escapes me right now, but he's pitching really well. Yes, the guy I just started pitching.
7: Oh, uh, his him. name is Lorenzen, Mike Lorenzen.
16: Lorenzen. He yeah, pitched a no hitter. Doing really himself. well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fanta- absolutely fantastic. And yesterday was great, like you said, leading into probably the best event in New York, which is the U.S. Open. Great primer for it yesterday in uh, in Cincinnati. You had uh, Coco Goff winning that uh, tournament. So that's going to be, that's a really good thing for, uh, for the U.S. She got, uh, Brad Gilbert as her coach, who, uh, Andre Agassi gives a lot of, uh, props to for the yeah. resurgence at the uh, she's a great of kid. Career. I actually,
7: well, uh, she grew up in uh, Coral Springs. She literally grew up about, uh, four miles away from my house in Boca Raton, Coco. Great kid. Yep.
16: Yeah. And then, so she won, and, uh, he's been with her for a couple of weeks and already, already, uh, a victory there. But, I mean, the nightcap was unbelievable. It was uh, Djokovic and Alvarez four hours almost, the longest, non, uh, the longest non-major match, I think, in tennis history. And it really felt like four hours of, of Hagler-Hearns round one. It was just Hailmakers back and forth. After the first uh, set, Djokovic was barely standing. He looked like he was dead on his feet. Managed to win the second set in a tie break, and then manages to win the match. And it really felt, I don't know if you're a Wire fan, but I remember towards the end of the wire, you had that Marlowe scene where he says, "My name is my name." Yeah, and that's what yeah. it really, really felt like at the end, where he was just putting his foot down and saying, "You know, I'm not done yet, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm here to, I'm still here, and I'm gonna still be kicking butt for a number of years." It was really phenomenal. Wow. I cannot wait. Yeah, I can't wait for the U.S. Open. I'm going this week for the practice sessions, and then. Uh, got a few, uh, few nights that I'm going to, uh, week one and then week two. I absolutely love it. I think it's a great, great no, day. I know I, that you I, love I, it.
7: Too. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. I'll be out there as well. In the past, Pat McIntyre got me tickets. Now the chefs, other guys are getting me the tickets, but I'll be out there too. And it's good to hear that about Joker. You know, had that tough loss,
16: of course at um you're such at, a name you're, dropper you're such a name dropper everybody did this one and that yeah. one all you do it's true every can morning I tell you? it's true
7: you <laughs> i wish i was lying but i'm not um although no, know. you know you can uh, certainly give me some of your tickets i'll take them you know <laughs> yeah I mean, i'm sure you got I, good seats said, no
16: i'm begging the radio stations for tickets i'm going to say i'm going to the i'm going to your <laughs> office. yeah I former, I, I I run to your bosses, former and current, and beg for tickets. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> go, go. You know, we should te- you know what, Sid? We should team up. We should say, listen, we both need tickets, and we'll get better seats, me and you. We'll go together. We'll go see people, and we'll name drop the next day. It'll be great.
7: I think it's a great idea, and uh, in all seriousness, I'm looking forward to seeing there. It is a great, great event. Thank you for recapping what happened yesterday. Now I kind of wish I did see it. I didn't, of course, which I did admit to you yesterday, but I wish I did. That is Arthur Turovitz here every Monday. folks. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 or 40-plus pounds in only 40 days. Do it with NJ Diet. Find them at NJDiet.com, 855-5NJ-DIET. When we get back, the mayor is on his way to Israel. But I'm going to talk to a guy that's in Israel all the time. He's an Orthodox Jew who spent the better part of four decades as a big-time politician in Borough Park, Brooklyn. Is he impressed that the mayor is looking to fight anti-Semitism or is he like me, which is, it's a joke. Stay here and fix the migrant crisis. We'll find out on the recently re- now Republican Dove Hiking. He's coming up next on Sid and Friends in the morning.
10: And when your looks are gone and you're alone How many nights you sit beside the phone what were the things you wanted for yourself? Teenage ambitions you remember well. It was the heat of the moment Telling you what you meant The heat of the moment Showed in your heart This is Sid
1: and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC
7: So, of all my friends in New York, including Heshi Ogenbaum, the man that spends the most time in Israel, the person that spends the most time in Israel is Dove Hyken. Better part of four decades as a great assemblyman in Borough Park, now lives in the Five Towns, but uh, every time I talk to him, he's in Jerusalem. I mean, every time. In fact, he may be there now, though I doubt it. The mayor is on his way to Israel, and I wanted to get Dov Hyken's thoughts on how the mayor is doing in his battle to combat anti-Semitism, please. And if he thinks this is the right time to do it. So here he is, now a Republican. I must make that point. He was a Democrat his whole life. And about a month ago said, okay, I've had enough. Now I'm a Republican. That's huge. My friend Dove Hyken. Dove, good morning. How are you?
12: Good morning. It's good to be with you. And I am in New York.
7: <laughs> you're back here. Okay. Uh, you're still a Republican, right? You haven't gone back the other way, have you?
12: I uh, don't think I will switch, uh, uh ever back. Ever. That's okay. for sure.
11: Okay.
7: Uh, uh, let me get to Eric Adams. So we've got this migrant issue, which is just, it's just horrendous. My good friend and yours, Curtis Slewa, arrested not once, but twice, uh, just yesterday on Staten Island, early on the week in Queens, because the mayor doesn't want to hear this, and other people don't either. And they can call me a bad guy. I don't care. I'm not about finding a better place for these people. I want them out of here. I don't want them here. Bottom line, if that makes me a bad guy, I don't care. I know what this country was built on. We're not the same country. These people are not being vetted. It's a mess. I don't want them here. And other is Curtis, or the thousands that show up at all those rallies, where well, they arrest people all day long. So Eric decides, what a good time to run to Israel. <laughs> and and learn about how to fight anti-Semitism and take a look at Israeli technology. Your thoughts A. A. Do you buy it and B. Is this not a really lousy time to go?
12: Well, first of all, I, I look I have to give him credit for going. Uh, you know, we, we all understand what that's all about. It's very political. It's what mayors do. I get it. You know, saying a lot of good things, a lot of nice things about the people of Israel when a lot of People in the Democratic Party are undermining Israel. But New York is a freaking mess. People are leaving. People are unhappy with the situation. Everyone I talk to, if they're not leaving Sid, they want to leave. They want to get out. They don't see a future. And look, uh Adams is the mayor. It's his responsibility to figure it out. No,
7: no, he said it's not. He said last week, stop asking me questions. Stop bothering me. It's not my problem. He actually did say that. You know that, right?
12: Well, well, he's going to run for re-election, and it is his problem, and he has to be held accountable. He's in charge. When you're in charge, you're responsible, period, end of the story. And things are an absolute, total, total mess in New York. People are afraid to walk many of the streets of the city. Uh, People, like I said, people I talk to everywhere, they want to leave. They want to get out, and they are, in fact, leaving. So Adams, you know, nice to go off to Israel. And as you've noticed it, uh, the mayor is trying to figure out how to fight anti-Semitism. If you remember, he recently went to Greece for a conference on anti-Semitism because he's still trying to figure out how do you deal with it. Now he's off to Israel, and one of his agenda... Parts is you know uh, he wants to figure out how to fight anti-semitism well one way to fight it sid is to recognize here in new york where it's coming from who are the perpetrators who are the people who are assaulting jews knocking uh, yarmulkes off people's heads uh, and all the other things that are going on in our city uh, and you and i have discussed this for 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 the last couple of years It's emanating from the minority community. So I don't know what he's going to learn in Israel about (laughs) anti-Semitism. He just needs, or or Greece. And and Sid, where does he go next? What other country of the world is he going to visit next to figure out how to fight anti-Semitism in New York? You just got to be honest and face the reality of who the perpetrators are, for God's sake. It's not always the people on the right you know, the, uh, it's it's emanating from within the minority community to a great extent, but no, well, you, you know, you does keep not you, want to talk about you it. You
7: keep saying minority community is black. Uh, be yeah, careful.
12: Look, absolutely. Well, I'll
7: just say that because minority can mean Latino or can true. be Asian. The black community, Eric Adams is forever, ever defending black people and worried about how black people are treated. And poor Jordan Neely got killed by Daniel Penny. He's a black guy, and that could have been my son. So let's be very specific. Don't say minority. The black community are the ones... That are doing this to the jews eric adams is black how about speaking to your community and trying to figure out what the hell these young kids are thinking that they hate the jews so much when by the way i made this point last week the italians they don't want to live with the blacks they hate them the irish they hate the blacks the only people that live with the blacks going back to crown heights are us we're okay with them and they're still beating living daylights out of us how does that make sense
12: well it doesn't make sense and uh, you're speaking to the point uh, over, when I said minorities, over 90% of attacks on Jews are minorities. Close to 75% emanates from the black community. That is a study that we did at Americans Against Anti-Semitism. But again, until that is recognized, until the mayor is willing to address that and speak about it, that is the only way you ever get to actually dealing with a problem, is recognizing where the problem is, where it emanates. So, look... Running off to Israel for a couple of days, you know, the weather is very nice there. He'll have a wonderful time. He'll be treated like a hero. Right. He'll say all the right things. Yeah. At the end of the day, he is the mayor of the city of New York. He wanted the job, and he wants to make sure to continue being mayor. Well, there's a real problem that he is not dealing with, that he's running away from. You know, when you want to make, when you want to make everyone happy you end up making no one happy. And that, I think Adams, uh, you know, a lot of his approach is to sort of say different things to different people and play that political game. He has to face the reality. This is his city. He's the mayor. How are you going to deal with this migrant issue that is out of control? Billions, billions, not hundreds of millions, billions of dollars are being uh, spent for these individuals here in New York, while we have serious problems, people are leaving, for God's sake. They're leaving. They don't want to live in Adams, New York, period.
7: Period. Well said. So RFK Jr. was making a little bit of noise. I mean, I never really considered him a serious candidate. I just didn't. He, to me, he was like DeSantis, good enough to come in second, but only second. ain't going to beat Biden, just like DeSantis was never going to beat Trump. But whatever. People love him. People here, Frank Morato likes him. My friend Kevin Breslin, Jimmy's son, likes him. And then he said something really stupid, and not just stupid, but quite frankly, anti-Semitic. Now, I don't know him, and everyone tells me the same thing. He's not an anti-Semite, and I believe that. Look, I've made racist jokes, but I'm not a racist. I'm being honest. I have, and I got fired for it, but I'm not a racist. So it is very possible that RFK Jr. said something anti-Semitic without being an anti-Semite. But with that said, since that day, he basically died. <laughs> it's over. I think you met with him. Did you meet with him?
12: I actually, he actually reached out and we met at my home for hours. We interviewed him. He is, he, the last person in the world I would accuse of anti-Semitism would be Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, no,
7: not don't go that far. Maybe he's not.
12: No, 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 no. I, <laughs> Even I mean before. <laughs> Really? And he has said things that crossed the line. We took him to task for that. But at the end of the day, his positions on Israel, his relationship... With the Jewish community, look, you got to look at a person, the whole person, and you got to look at them for not just yesterday, but for decades and decades. Agreed. He has been a great friend of the Jewish community. Uh, so I had a chance to sit with him, meet with him, interview him with a lot of other people around. i got to tell you, i got to be honest with you. Everyone liked him. I'm sure. Felt a sense that this guy was very sincere. Look, he's not going anywhere. And uh, you know, if I was a Democrat and I had to vote in the Democratic primary for president, I would surely vote for Robert Kennedy without Any hesitation.
9: Yeah.
7: Certainly better than Biden, no doubt about it. And again, what you just
12: said is a real disaster.
7: No, I know. And what you just said has been echoed by many people. Again, the people I know like this guy. They like him. I don't know him. He's never come on this show, but uh, people do like him, and I'm happy to see, and I mean this. Because, again, I was branded for many, many years as something that I wasn't and I'm not, not even close. But something I said in a two-second span on the radio, I hate that. People get canceled. And so I'm happy to hear that people uh, do like him and moved on from that. And I do wish him the best of luck. He's got no chance, but I wish him the best
9: of luck.
12: All right. Absolutely. Uh, By the way, what you are, by the way, is an absolute mensch. You treat people with total... Decency, regardless of who they are and what they are, you don't look at any of it. I look, I know you. I know your heart, your soul, and you are just a mensch, wow. which is the ultimate compliment. Look
7: who's talking. I appreciate that, but if there's a mensch to you, I love you to pieces. Thanks. Thank you for coming on today, Dove. I really mean it. You're always terrific, and we'll talk again very, very soon. Thank you so Thanks much.
1: Thanks for having me, Sid.
7: I love you, Dove. Thanks.
1: This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What'd you say? He just a friend. Boy, you my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy!
10: I can't remember when you weren't there When I didn't care For anyone but you I swear We've been through everything there is Can't imagine anything we've missed Can't imagine anything The two of us can't do Through the years You've never let me down You've turned my life Sweetest days I've found I have found with you through the years I've never been afraid I've loved the life we've made And I'm so glad I stayed right here with you Through the great
7: song Kenny Rogers Happy birthday Kenny. The late, great Kenny Rogers would have been 85 years old today. Kenny Rogers for the years. So my friend Jimmy Kapsalis just dropped off the latest copy that will be in tomorrow's New York Post. And uh, John Katzmatidis, uh, I love when he does this. I can't thank him enough. Did see Margo this morning stop by the studios looking beautiful as always. John and Margo and chair. thank you for doing this, especially John. So uh, about once a month, they put Sid and Friends in the morning in the New York Post. New York's number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show. It's a nice picture of me. And then 18 of my friends. And I rotate these people. The only folks that stay, they stay, are President Trump, John Katzmatidis, Bill O'Reilly, Peter King, Curtis Slewa, my mother, the judge, Bo Deedle, Takapina, now Lara, she doesn't move, Trump, and uh, my three guys, Alec, Noam, and Lewis. So there are five people out. And for the first time since we've started running this ad, which is a long time now, well, at least months, Mayor Eric Adams is out. I actually take a black pen and X out the faces of the people that I want to replace, and Adams is out. That uh, tells you a lot.
13: Yeah, listen, uh, it ran its course, man.
7: Ran its course. He go, as uh, Hawk Harrelson would say for the White Sox. He go. He go. So now we need five new people to uh, fill in here. Yeah. And we've, we're considering putting both Giuliani's back, because Andrew is on every Friday now. Yes. And, uh, you know, I love Rudy, and last time we took Rudy out, and Rudy started to cry.
13: Right. So you can't have that. Well, he, he's got enough problems. Right. Right, so,
7: right. He's indicted he, now. now. Who knows what? He doesn't have no money. Yeah. Begging Trump for money,
9: which is humiliating. I mean, that will really break his heart, though. Maybe the next time we need him on the air and he's not calling, we threaten to take him off the right, page. And right, that's right. when he'll start calling again. That's right. a good point. He, gets, he, he, gets, get, he gets worried. Kind of like ransom, we can use this. Yes. Yeah. R- call, we'll put Rudy back. We'll put him back. Okay, him, I'll put, put him back, back. back
7: on. Norman Seabook checks in. He says, brother, you've got my wife Susan in tears hmm. with the song Through the Years. It's a lovely song, I know. I've been to so many parties where people die or, or even nice events where they play that in it. You is a tear joker. I
13: was very slick out of Norman there, trying to get on the post ad.
7: Yeah, maybe that's what he's trying to do there, Text, right?
13: Texting you at the right time. Yeah. <laughs>
9: you know what? Let's put Norman on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
7: I mean, Monica Crowley, I'm afraid to take her out. Last time she got crazy, and people actually care about this. I what wouldn't is, care. They get nuts. Yeah. I don't even get it. I don't know. Like I told you... Going back to the conversation about Marty Feeney, people really, the people that love this show, they love it. It's not like they like it. You know, they live for it. And the people that hate it really hate me. I love that. I love it. That's Trump. That's Stern. That's all the greats. So, um, my mom hasn't been on. Looking at my picture of my mother, she hasn't been on in ages.
9: No, but she got to stay. Well, of course she stays. Yeah, I'm my mother. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: I almost put Danielle, Ava, and Gabe in. the they, they well, Ava and Gabe have been on the show. Mm. You know, maybe I'll do that. Not Danielle. She never comes on. But what about Ava and Gabe? Sure. Take Rudy off. For them to be in when the New York... Here. No, I, I, got, I got five spots. Oh. Rudy, Andrew, Ava, Gabe, and one more. My kids are on... They've been on a bunch. It'll be cool for them to see them in the, in the New York Post with their dad. But well, why don't you put them on?
10: Yeah.
7: right. I should, right? Of
9: course. I thought they had been on already. No, never. That'll be kind of cool. And then we could stop talking about this ridiculous thing. Right, that's, right, right. <laughs> the yeah, no. till next month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I could put Phil Sims on there. Football yeah. season starting. We, we only do this once a month. It feels like every week. Don't worry well, about it. I was it. thinking
13: you put a, maybe a sports guy
9: on there. I'm, I'm on? thinking about it. I All don't right. know.
13: A little Mad Dog action, maybe a little Beningo.
7: I don't know. Oh, you could put Joe Beningo. That's yeah. it. Whoa. Oh, Chris Russo, Whoa. too. You're right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, tough. tough. All right, let me think about it and uh, just read tomorrow's New York Post and you'll see it, and that'll be it. It's very exciting. Uh, it's, it's... What is Frankie Kravitz, Bond? Uh, I love Frankie Kravitz. Uh, and his daughter, you know what? Well, his daughter, Kimberly, she's a superstar. He just sent me a song, Donna Summer and Kenny Rogers, medley from the Grammys back in 1980. Are you familiar with this, Lewis? No, because I didn't But love he loves Donna Summer. It. Okay. He's a jeweler in Staten Island, he's a very handsome guy, and he loves Donna Summer. He's one of those guys who refuses to believe she's dead.
9: I don't think she's dead either. There you go. So, you're another guy. Right.
7: So we'll come back, maybe play like that s- <laughs> 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 maybe play that song and call it a day right after this. I swear,
10: you've taught me everything I know. Can't imagine needing someone so. But through the years it seems to me I need you more and more through the
0: or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-L-A-W.com. G-A-B-O law dot com. Gabo where winning is no accident.